thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own bro basket or choose from a variety of different bro baskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, bro baskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Sporty, number 34. Uh, I think we just... Uh, Discussed. It's gonna be sweetness, right, guys? Yep. All right. Oh yeah. But I came Ajuan as well. <laughs> Ooh, no, an old school show. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm Rich. I'm the Ice Man. I can go. All right. David Ortiz is number thirty-four. Was number thirty-four? Charles Barkley. Oh, Charles Barkley. Funny you bring him up, huh? Oh, Jackson. Charles Charles Barkley was in the news today. <laughs> Get him! But it's so. Uh, I mean, Earl, you, you sound like you've been kind of keeping an eye on this all day. I mean, kind of, kind of filling Rich and I. I, I will tell of- you a hundred percent. I am not joking. Uh, this isn't a stun or a skit or anything. They sounded like our show number thirty-three. Um, Shaq and Charles Barkley were on the show. And said almost verbatim what we said on show 33 about LeBron James. Shaq said to the point of he should not be in public talking about his co his teammates. He should have went to Lou and said, you know, what he had to say. And Charles Barkley reiterated my statement of he's not that big of a deal. It it was so, so that- so could that be seen as where this all came from? That is exactly where this all came from. It was so surreal to watch that them two talk. It looked like me and Rich and you talking on 33. 
and I mean, anybody who's listened to our podcast can fact check me. We said this uh, last week, and now they're saying it on ESPN. And when uh, LeBron James got word of exactly what word for word Charles Barkley had said, he said he is not going to hold his tongue. Uh, LeBron is not going to hold back anymore and, and let him just uh, basically shit on his legacy. So what, we're going we're gonna to get LeBron unfiltered from here on out? Is that what he's saying? Well, basically, that's what he's saying. Is I, I'm not just going to idly stand by and let people walk on my good name. Sorry, sir, your name is Mud. It's been Mud for a long time. You know, well, this year he has definitely not done his image any favors. Well, exactly, and he wants. To if be he was the- a stock, he was at an all-time high in June, and he has tumbled and tumbled and tumbled since June. Like, well, he's, he's in my portfolio. I'd be thinking about selling him. He's um, he he's been tumbling for a long time. Uh, he's tumbled since he left Cleveland the first time. The when he left Cleveland, uh, he's tumbled since then. Well, Barkley uh, Barkley was informed of what LeBron said, and he goes, "This is a quote." He says, "I have no problem with what he said. Some of it was true. I did pay my debt. That's not true." I was never late to the All-Star game, so that's not true. But I don't overreact. I'm not going to say anything personal or anything like that. I stick by what I said. He was all whining and everything last week. So, I mean, it sounds like Barkley's just like... Whatever, little man. Yeah. Like, I just don't <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much and, I mean, like a, fr- a flea. And, I mean, uh, my, my favorite phrase for, you know, it's the ultimate conversation stopper in sports or, or music or, or pop culture when you're talking about something that you don't like, no matter how valid the reasons are, LeBron whipped it out on, on Barkley, which was, he's a hater. So. Yeah, that's, like, I'm going to be like, you, you, are, you are over 30, and you called someone a hater. <laughs> that's kind of, that was kind of my reaction. Like, come on, man, that's shit you do in, like, your 20s. Like, I don't know, I, if you say over thirty, you're saying it ironically. At least, oh, that's me. But to seemed, me, that's, to me it, that seemed petty. To me, it's honestly, it's like hearing people and men and women in their thirties crying about whether the friend zone, the being in the friend zone, or there's no such thing as the friend zone. And it's like, isn't this shit we dealt with and got rid of by the time we hit our hopefully our early twenties? And that's the late bloomers in us. Like you just learn if if. If someone doesn't want to be with you and you want to be with them, you just peace out later. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Rich, big deal. What's a guitarist? Like, there's Stevie Ray Vaughan, there's Steve Vai, you know, Eric Clapton, well-known people. What's a really great guitarist from back in the day that's not really, you know, the headliner like those people? Like, that's not a, a, a household name to non-guitar players? What's your, your underrated guitar hero? I mean, you could say Jeff Beck. I mean, most right. musicians, I know, respect the fuck out of Jeff Beck, but most people don't know who Jeff Beck is that aren't musicians. Yeah, it would be, fair. It would be, fair statement. It would be like Slash talking to Jeff Beck and saying those things to him, like, you know, LeBron did to Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley never won a championship. He never did. But he was a pioneer of how how to play the game and how to get it to where it is, especially for people of color. 
And for him to go after Charles the way he did, when Charles was just trying to set a kid straight, I mean, I can't say anything other than what I've already said about LeBron James. This just proves my point further about the character of that man. Well, look, this is something that I think, I don't know why, I, 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 and I hesitate to bring it up because it's kind of, it's, it's doing what we seem to always do anymore. It's dipping one, one toe in the water of politics, one toe in the water of sports. But do, do people, do current players not understand that these talking heads, their job is to talk about them, the current players, and their job is to have opinions about the current players? I mean, it's no different than if you turn on Fox News and, you know, they're saying we hated President Obama. That's their job. That's Fox News. Okay, if you turn on NBC, they say they hate President Trump. That's their job. Okay? Why are people mad at people for doing their fucking job? Yeah, it seems like we have this new breed of athlete that gets butthurt when the media talks about them. That's what they're supposed to do. Charles Barkley has been known since his fucking probably rookie fucking season to be the type of guy who just shoots from the hip and doesn't really give a fuck about people's feelings. I mean, that's... Yeah. Charles with this I-don't-give-a-fuck attitude is saying a new thing. It's been around for 30 years-ish. At least in the public zeitgeist. Well, and the thing is, is Charles Barkley has played in an era, and we talked about this to, to no end, that it was way different than what LeBron James is playing in. And I got on here many times, including last week even, and tried to explain where I come from in sports as a player. You don't talk about your people you play with, not in fucking public. You don't do it. And that's the, the same thing Charles Barkley has grown up to know and Shaq has grown up to know. And, you know, LeBron James just didn't have that same mentality. He didn't grow up the same way. You know, so you can't somebody of of someone like uh, Charles Barkley and his era and the in the way he played Dennis Rodman, Bill Lambeer, the people who were allowed to throw elbows literally down low and getting a rebound can't fathom and understand how someone like LeBron gets away with going out in the middle of everybody as big of a fucking image as he is to basketball and running his mouth about his coach, his players, his owner, his general manager. Because if he just said, you know, if, if Rodman as good of a fucking rebounder as Rodman was said anything about Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Rodman would have been traded into no man's land. Yeah, but Rodman did. Rodman made a comment when they were playing, uh, when the Pistons and the Celtics were bumping heads back in the late 80s, uh, that if Larry Bird was a black player, he'd just be another player, and Isaiah Thomas co-signed on it. Of course, they came down on Isaiah more so because he was the name. He was more of a name than, than Dennis Rodman was at the time, but Rodman's the one that brought it up in the first place. And then I Rodman mean, got traded. It happens. Not for just, not until years later, dude. But you I, can't correlate the two. I'm just might have been an, I, if I, he dude, I got you, man. I got you. I got you. Okay. And you just saying all the time. I'm just saying too. All right. It's my favorite thing. saying. I just saying. I'm just saying. I'm putting it out there. Here is that better? I'm putting it out there. 
If he'd have made the same mistake in Chicago, he'd have got traded into no man's land. You could arguably make a case that he made a lot more mistakes in Chicago. Uh, he, he made a lot more headlines. But he, and, and yeah, but he never came out against his team, though. Well, it's kind of hard to come out against arguably one, the best dynasty and period of, of for a basketball team up to that point in the history of the game. So I agree. Who could he? Who could he really criticize? You know, <laughs> your tenth man, man. He's real. He, he he's shit. He hardly sees any time on the court. Yeah, I, I do. Got three I do. Hall of Famers running around. I do want to interject because I've talked about James until I'm done talking about James. Stephen A. Smith has been attacked a little bit for the things he has said about Phil Jackson because he has mentioned that he didn't bring people to Carmelo in New York like he did in Chicago, like he did in L.A. You know, Jordan wasn't Jordan and the Bulls without the people that, you know, Phil Jackson put around him. And Kobe wasn't Kobe in L.A. until Phil Jackson put people around him well now you got Carmelo sitting in New York by himself why aren't you putting the people around him and people have attacked Stephen A. Smith for those comments but if you look at it Jordan players wanted to play with Jordan players wanted Shaq clearly wanted to go to LA and he wanted to be a Laker that was he made no bones about it when he was with the Magic I mean that was those were those are considered destination teams at those periods of time. Is New York really considered a destination team outside of the fact of its media market at this point? Uh, I mean, no. It's more of a Detroit Lions team, actually. That, that's what I'm saying. If they weren't in New York, they wouldn't even get all this attention. It's because of the media market they're in. I mean, it. hate to say it, this ain't the days of Patrick Ewan and John Starks. You know what I'm saying? The only thing, the only thing around much. from that team is... The only thing around from that team still is uh, Spike Lee sitting on the sideline talking shit. That's it. And the banners on the rafters. That's it. Totally agree. Pretty much. Um, the th- you know what? I love that this happened, and I loved the fact that the commentators, be it Barkley and Shaq or whoever else that has done it on, on these major channels, have said exactly what we've said on this podcast. Because Didn't, didn't D. Wade jump in the fray, too? I'm not sure. I haven't heard about D-Wade. I think he, he talked some shit about Barkley. I, th- I think I think uh, LeBron had a guy on his side. I think D-Wade. Uh, well, I'm not surprised if, if D-Wade Team did. LeBron. Well, he was on Team LeBron when he came to Miami. He he won the championship with him, you know, so. I don't have an exact quote. It was just one of the alerts I saw come across. The Dwayne Wade shreds Charles Barkley. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Stop writing the headlines, millennials. You see, and, and that's my point. You can't really shred Charles Barkley. I'm sorry. He's one of the pioneers to where you are today. You know, a, a Black Lives Matter movement and all this shit about equality and, you know, be fair in sports and all of this shit. Barkley was one of those few people in the beginning. You know, it, yeah, there was, you know, Wilt Chamberlain and, and all these other people before him. But to bring it even further forward, you know, that was that was the era of, of Barkley and Hewing and Jordan and all those people laid that foundation f- for him to get $90 million right out of high school from fucking Nike. So these are pioneers that you're trying to put. You can't shred them. You, you, you're, 
you are in no position. You can win 20,000 championships and have every record in the NBA and not be able to, quote, shred somebody of Charles Barkley's stature because he is a freaking pioneer. He is a bricklayer. Well, according to the Chicago, the, Chicago, the Chicago Tribune, Wade is quoted as saying, thank God he finally said something. LeBron, a lot of guys take shots at him for whatever reason. He's kept his mouth closed and continued to focus on what he needs to do. It's about time he said something, man. Guys ride him, especially ex-players. It's time he said about what? Time he said something about what? Apparently, Wade feels that it's time that it was, well, it feels it was, it's been past time that LeBron finally stood up to ex-players who criticize him. And once again, I go, isn't that their fucking job? They're not play-by-play guys. They're not color guys. They're guys who, they, they're talking heads. They have to have something to talk about. All right, Stephen A. Smith has his talking points, and that's what he does. I mean, Charles Barkley has his talking points, and that's what he does. Why are people shocked that these people are, once again, why are people shocked these people are doing their job? I mean, what are they supposed to do? Just because he's because he's LeBron James, say everything he does is just fucking wonderful and great? I mean, there was criticism yes. of Jordan back in the day. Now, granted, the media, because of how much he meant to the NBA, the me, the media and the NBA, or the NBA and the media basically got together and said, we're not going to really talk about this gambling shit all that much. You know what I'm saying? Because that would have been like, oh boy, we don't want to open that fucking can of worms. Well, and then they squashed the one of, of I remember they were trying to say that he was showing off. Who, Jordan? Yeah. There, there was a spark about that, and then that was squashed because he's not showing off. He's just that great of a fucking player. I think, I think, yeah. there's, a, I think there's a case to be made that the Pistons have been overlooked. That late 80s, early 90s Pistons teams... Those teams have been overlooked because they were one of the few teams who had no problem talking shit about Jordan and saying, he ain't all that. If the league ain't fucking making rules specifically to protect him, he he ain't winning shit. We, we've proven that. We've been, I was going to say, they backed it up right after they said it. <laughs> exactly. He, he, his championships or his attempts at winning championships in that time period went through Detroit. And he never did. It wasn't until later Detroit teams. And I mean, it wasn't until they stole some of our players. <laughs> and I mean, well, yeah, sure. too, they, they had to wait for that team to start crumbling to start winning. But I mean, also, you, you can, there's, like I said, there's, I think there's a serious case to be made that the media shit all over, the national media shit all over that team or that era because of their criticism of Jordan. That case has been made, though. I mean, they were dubbed the bad boys. Yeah, I mean, but that's like that's so, like the you saying we were bad boys and we were and we enjoyed doing it. But they were. And that was <laughs> what I'm getting at is that was a that was a self appointed title. Okay, the media just picked it up and ran with it because they were like, "Ooh, look at these look at these thugs out on a basketball court." I think I think you can I think you can make a further argument that that thirty for thirty shines light on a lot of things that your average non Detroiter didn't know about how the Pistons were perceived in Detroit versus outside of Detroit. And how they were reported out, you know. I mean, the only, really, the only, the only, you know, good, good quote unquote, good guy on that team per- perceived would be like what? Uh, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, but after that, that's wild playing. That's wild playing. You could, you could, yeah, you could make it. You could make you could make the argument that. Dumars. It was, it was more Dumars and maybe Sally because Sally was such a personable guy. And he was so what good about the, the microwave. Press. 
microwave is was pretty pretty vanilla. Yeah, Vinny Johnson. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think he was too vanilla to be like a standout guy. Whereas Dumars was, you know, kind of the the seen. At least this was the perception seen as the aw shucks guy. And yeah, for, absolutely. Sally was seen as the the, the, the the class clown cutting up. The ham, you know, yeah. Having a good time, you know. And I guess B- Buddha was all right, but apparently he had a problem paying for his kids or something, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Well, oh, Mark Aguirre. Mark Aguirre didn't. Uh, Mark Aguirre seemed like a pretty straight up dude. With his big old pumpkin head. <laughs> But no, do you think? Do you think maybe two? Maybe they maybe because it it seemed I don't know I was a little kid, but it seemed like it wasn't kind of, it wasn't like this this big national story. It didn't seem like everybody was caught up with it. Do you think maybe the NBA kind of maybe right, here we go tinfoil hats maybe kind of was directing the media to to play it down a little bit because they they weren't a fan of the style of play that the Pistons had going on. I yeah, oh yeah I would I would definitely agree oh, with definitely. that. Oh definitely. I mean, it's it's no secret that leagues prefer certain teams to do better than other teams, just and because players. it brings because it, it brings in the money and the ratings. I mean, think about it. If you look back at the NHL in the early '80s, the Islanders were a dynasty. I mean, they were just fucking dominant, cemented. And what came right after that? The Gretzky era. So uh, you have that's it. yep. You have the quote-unquote great one playing for a Canadian team at a time where, yes, they were trying to expand the sport into more American cities, but it was still more of a, of a, of a, of a, I guess, a novelty sport outside of the original, you know, teams and teams that had been in the original expansion, St. Louis, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, they they loved it, and they loved it even more when he got traded to L.A. Because right there, that's the that's one of the biggest media markets in the world, and their greatest player just went to their team. I mean, yeah. L.A. Hey, you want to hang on a second? I want I want to touch on that, Rich, with the NBA. Let's go with the tinfoil hat because I'm the king of them, apparently. Anyways, what about this, Chris? Do you follow the NBA at all? Uh, more than when I was a kid. Er- more when I was younger, not so much now. I mean, I keep up with it casually for the show. Do you know how big basketball team? Do you know how big of a star uh, Steph Curry and Thompson are? I know Steph Curry's the man right now. I know Clay Thompson okay. is his supporting cast. Okay, supporting player. Actually, those two right there are 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 uh, the Splash Brothers, is what they call them for three pointers. What if this? Ten foil hat. LeBron's done. They're going away from LeBron, and now you know Golden State's all the rave. What do you think? And now that they're just going to bash the shit out of quote the king. Shut up, kid. You're done. Nah, because he just hey he just you could say he's done all you want. He's, he'd still generate a fuck ton of revenue for him. You got to remember they're capitalists first before they're sports fans. He's putting butts in the seats. He's selling jerseys. Right, but he isn't, he isn't. He isn't really. I mean, he isn't really compared on, really? to Splash Brothers. Really, you're, you're gonna pretend he ain't selling jerseys. He ain't he's selling still, tickets. Come on, he's, he's still he's still one of their marquee players. He's still 
to the extremely casual basketball fan, to the to people who don't even follow basketball, his name is still more recognizable than Steph Curry. All right. He's definitely on the downside of that. I mean, you got to think about it. He is like he's like Sidney Crosby. He came into the league at such a young age, and he's been there forever. But he's not like he's knocking on 40's door. It's not like he's, you know, 38, 39 years old, still out there. He's you know. 34 years old, Rich. That's what, that's what I'm saying. He's on the downside. He's not 39, 40. Yeah. Right, but he's getting damn close. So I mean, yeah, so it's below the horizon. It's it started setting. We can we can so, agree there. Okay, so if Steph Curry and and Thompson and and pretty much Golden State period, who is now all the rage, is in their early twenties, mid twenties. Yeah, it's like when Kobe was coming up near the end of Jordan's reign. All right. Exactly. Yep. And then you had. A, a black sheep as far as the NBA come out of nowhere with Allen Iverson. And the NBA was like, well, we've already picked our new golden boy, and that's going to be Kobe Bryant. You know, and Iverson was always, his career was always overshadowed by Bryant. I mean, that's just, that was the nature of it. So, and then Kobe Bryant played, and then LeBron came in the league. And as Kobe Bryant's star started to, to fade, LeBron started to shine brighter and brighter. I mean, it's it's David, the NBA has been very lucky to have three generations of players that you can make a case at one point were the best of their fucking generation, which is Jordan. I mean, I think that goes without saying Kobe and LeBron. But I mean, they've also had a very strong supporting cast right now. To be honest with you, I couldn't tell you. I mean, Shaq, Shaq was dominant, but Shaq was Shaq was a star because Shaq was all over the place. He was I, a star because he was a fucking bull. That's what I'm saying, because he was all over the place. He was in movies. He was making Shazam and shit like that and and Man of Steel and all this bullshit. And, he, he, you know, he was kind of the uh, look at me type player. But, I mean, he was just dominant because he was fucking huge compared to everybody else. It's just like no one can stop Shaq. That's just if you got Shaq on the well, team, that's, true. that's it. You know, that's all there is to it. I mean, you also had, you know, you had Penny Hardaway at that period of time. You know, you had, you had, you had players, but you had support, like, not, I I don't want to say top tier players and then tier two players, but you you get what I'm saying. Like, you had a solid cast. Now, Mm -hmm. you got LeBron, you got Golden State, who else you got? Oh, you got a lot. You got a lot, brother. Not, Uh, not Not that our everyday Extremely casual, extremely casual NBA fan or basketball fans, household names. Yeah, you do. You, you've never heard of San Antonio Spurs? No, none of them. Dude, we we okay. You weren't on the show at this point, but Chris and I have argued about this. San Antonio Those motherfuckers are under all the fucking old. radar. Yeah, but they've flown under the radar for fucking yeah, years. Yeah, but and they years still, but they still get it done. They still get it done. That's the point. Yeah, they're the all done, man. Duncan, well, I get you. Duncan left. Duncan left. I can tell you now. Duncan's gone. You're going to see Parker go. You're, you're going to see Ginobili go. You're going to Wait, see Popovich go, man. I'm telling because, you, because you're a very av- not not avid fan of basketball, but you're telling me Spurs. So, dude, these motherfuckers, those motherfuckers are all been around for 15 years. Won. Okay, yeah, I'm just like 
Okay, then let me let me go let me go this way. What about Russell Westbrook? You never heard of him? Well, yeah, Westbrook and Kevin Durant. I mean, they're the their problem is they're like the WWE stars who can't get over. Like they got to win them some championships. Like right. they've been putting up solid seasons, like consistently. Russ. But what's that? Yeah. Durant is on the Golden State Warriors now, dude. Yeah, I know, but he still ain't got no ring. But wait, <laughs> wait for it because they're coming. Yeah. They're on pace to get 70 again this season. So Hey, remember last year? The the I, championship was pretty much going to be Golden State's, you know? Just like Golden Killer. State's. Golden, no, it wasn't. It fucking, they, they lost it. They blew it. The Cavs took it from them, you know? Remember? Hillary was supposed to win in November. That didn't seven, happen either. Seven. I'm just saying, man, like, there's there's been, I mean, there hasn't been a few, but there's been plenty of instant, there's been a few instances of, you know, teams making blockbuster trades and then that shit not working out. Detroit Tigers. <clears throat> Sorry. Mm-hmm. I had to clear my throat. No, I'm with you on that. I'm just saying the NBA has, there's a lot of things going on in the NBA right now. I, I've watched it uh, a lot lately because of the things that are going on. Uh, Griffin's hurt, Blake Griffin's hurt again. Uh, CP3, you know, Chris Paul. Actually, Griffin's to- back. I know that because he's on my team. He just he's been sitting on my bench since Christmas. He just came back like a week ago. <laughs> right. So I mean, there, there's so many things going on. Uh, you know, the unibrow guy is trying his damnedest to, to get the Pelicans to do something, and it, there there there's a lot going on. But I, with regards all the way back, with regards to LeBron James, I really feel the the sun is has. Dip below the horizon, as Chris said. It's it's pretty much over for him, and he's bitching about it now. And Dude, people you are trying you're saying this a year, the season after he won a championship, right? You're saying it's over for him. I like, do. He's think coming off over. winning a title. You know this, right? I, I do. I do. All right, just checking. I look. I kind of. I kind of agree with Earl. I do. I mean, I remember in 2008 when the Wings won their last cup. I was like, savor the flavor, people, because sooner or later, in the salary cap world, in the way this sport works, they're going to have to go into rebuild mode. And yes, they made the cup final the next year. They lost. But ever since then, they haven't gotten out of the second round. I mean, it's – and, and it, Lindstrom retired. They getting into and, the first this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's it's finally came home. You know, the chickens have finally come home to roost. You can't – you can't – not restock and you can't constantly trade away prospects and draft and high draft picks to bring in players at the trade deadline to try to, to try to make a push and then end up getting, you know, one, maybe two rounds. And well, LeBron it's definitely, LeBron is definitely on the, on the downside no, of his I'm, career. Even, no, even, Stephen, not, even Stephen A. No. Smith has said is that he, that he thinks LeBron is scared that the Warriors Upcoming, you know, coming up in the West means the beginning of the end for him. I get it, but uh, trust me, I, I am on the, I am on your guy's side with the sun is setting with him. I'm just saying it's a little quick to slap the over tag on him when let, let, let's let's have him uh, miss his, let's have him miss the playoffs or let's have him not win the championship this year. Like he he just came out of a season where he won. Hang on. It's a little, Hang on. We're, we're being a little hasty with the it's over label with them. Is you're, what you're I'm saying. That, but here, here's what's going to my point. Okay, yeah, he just won a championship. 
Well, he won three down, or two or three down in in Miami. What, two, I think? I think it was two, took a year off, and then won another one. Right. I think that's how it went. So it here's what I'm saying. Okay. With, for, for instance, Golden State right now has went to the championship for the past two years. Won the first one, lost the second one, right? Well, they're yes. on pace. They're on pace this season to hit another seventy wins. Okay, regardless whether they win the championship or not, they're on pace for another seventy win season. LeBron James and the exact same team that won the the championship last year are struggling at this point to get a good win streak going. A good win streak. Okay, so there's where I'm trying to tell you the sun has dipped below the horizon with him. It's not, will, will he win another championship? Possibly, possibly. But it's not going to be as cut and dry as it will be with Golden State because he's struggling, and now he's begging for help. He needs help. He can't do it himself I mean, anymore. Struggling there in first place by seven games. I mean, struggling? I mean, really? I mean, I'm just... Four and seven in their I'm last... I'm saying the setting... Because he's 34, the, the, the human body has a limit, and he's coming up to it. You know, you can, it's, with that game, you, your constant motion, your knees eventually tell you when you're done. But, like, come on, dude, they're first place by seven games. Uh, so they had a shitty January. It's an 82-game season. Can't win them all. And, I mean, you bring up the regular season, you want to you ask the Patriots about how much a regular season matters? No matter how much a regular season I absolutely will, because then you got to ask yourself, how do you judge a, a dynasty? How do you how do you judge you ask Golden State about the fucking season, the regular well, season? You can't ask me about the Pats. The Pats have four championships. No, but I'm saying if you want to bring up regular season numbers, they went undefeated in the goddamn regular season. Fucking, it was all for naught in the end. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it's not all for naught. Ask fucking Golden State how much a regular season matters. They blew up in the NBA Finals. Regular season don't mean shit. It's, you're, you're, it's what you do in the playoffs. What you do in the title games is what matters. But that's that's in your opinion. I mean, obviously, the ultimate goal of any league is to get that championship trophy. I will agree with you. But when you have a killer season like seventy three wins, you know seventy two wins, seventy wins. I mean, you're making a statement to the league that. You know, shit's gonna go our way. You know, you're you're putting fans in the stands. You're making a show. I guarantee you, you take guys like Dan Marino, and he'd be more than happy to trade most, if not all, of his records for a Super Bowl championship. Just one. I guarantee you, you're correct there. Absolutely. It's, it's nice to have regular season dominance and records and all that, but once you get into the playoffs. There's only one way to, 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 to be the best, and it's to win the last game of the season. That's it. That, what you've done yeah. in the regular season is done and over with. I mean, it's, 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 it, this is one way I think the NBA is a lot like the NHL. Because so many teams make the playoffs and because it's such a fucking stretch, a long period, versus baseball, which is a huge, you know, an ungodly long season, with brutally short playoff series until you get into the league championship and world series. And football is one and done once you get to the playoffs, but it's a short season. It's, it's almost like two seasons with the NBA and the NHL. It's, you got the regular season, which is where you, you shuffle for position and seating 
in the in playoffs and in the playoffs. And when the playoffs start, you forget about the regular season. Whatever happened then is left back there. It's about winning that last game you play. That's it. So I mean, that's, that's in the history book. I mean, yeah. Granted, it's nice to have. I mean, the the Wings in in ninety five ninety six tied Montreal for the best record ever in the NHL in a regular season, and then lost to the Avalanche, who went on to win the cup. Yeah, no one talks any, about that season. If you watched any, yeah, if you watch any documentaries about that that team, they were like, we don't give a fuck about the President's Trophy after that. We don't give a fuck about tying records or making records. We give a fuck about winning the cup. I mean, you can you could it could be argued that this was a good thing for Golden State to lose like they did. I agree with it's, you. It's showing these guys you have to want it. Sometimes to win, you have to learn how to lose by learning what not to do. 100% agree with you. Go back to the Patriots. They lost after winning a perfect season all the way to the Super Bowl and lost. Then they won two more championships. Yeah, but with that season, all everybody talks about is how they blew it. They don't talk about the two championships okay. they won after that. They talk about, oh, remember that season when they went perfect and blew it right at the end? That's what they, that's what they talk about Travis, for that season. That's Travis what they're going to talk about with Golden State last year. Hey, remember when Golden State completely collapsed and gave up? You know, uh, four in a row to Cleveland. Finals. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're going to talk about. They can talk about you're the regular right. season. You're, but I think you're wrong there. I think they will say that. But here's the thing. I'm going to preface this with, once again, debatable and arguably, but it's not just a homer pick. I've heard this many times over that Barry Sanders was is the best running back in history because of his talent. Never, ever went to the Super Bowl. Wasn't even in a Super Bowl. But we can talk about him as one of, the, one of if not the greatest, running backs in history. But he'd trade all them stats for a ring. I'm sure he would. But the point is he didn't. And he doesn't have one. And he's still considered by many, 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 many people the greatest running back in history. See, I'll just, I give him, I'll say one of the greatest because he didn't win. So you're not the greatest. I'll, I'll, no, no, I'll no. give him it's, one of it's the greatest. More, it's more than one man. It's more than one the, man. The, Dude, look, 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 look. Uh, all right. Yeah. Homer, we've, we've went over this before, okay? You basically make an argument that he is the greatest running back in your opinion, and then you use the same argument you used to declare him the greatest running back in your opinion to shit all over Adrian Peterson because he hasn't won anything, so he can't be the greatest ever. I don't want to do this again. If you guys want to do this again, I, you know what? I'll let you guys go. No, 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 no. I don't no. want to spend I'm another not, hour on arguing about your homer opinions about fucking when you go When you go to Adrian Peterson, it's not because he hasn't won anything. It's because he, the way he plays. The guy's fast. The guy's good. Hell, he but might getting, be among the greats. But Earl, with both of these guys, not, you're getting into a matter of opinion. With how you think they play. I mean, that's where it gets down to. Okay. I'll concede. It is a matter of opinion. But when I see a man, I don't care if it's Barry or Adrian, but it happens to be Barry, that can do the things Barry did, man's great. That It's never been done before. I haven't seen it since. So, I mean, argue as you will. Win championship or not, was it, it? does it take a team effort or is it, you know, an individual that rides them to greatness? I don't care. We'll argue that all day. 
But the way that man, Barry Sanders, played that game and was able to make just grown men scratch their helmet literally as he ran past them, I'm sorry. It was great. I, I don't think anyone's arguing that. I don't think call you the conversation crazy. rapist. <laughs> well, add another nickname. Because <laughs> we... we it's just, we try to diffuse things, and you're getting your point in, man. I mean, no one's... Uh. I'm telling you, man. He's a, he's a verbal date rapist. He'll take no for an answer. I will ear fuck you. I ain't fucking around. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. Like You do. Weekly, motherfucker. That you that's right. Up. I will put it in. I'm going in. IGI from now on. That's we it. will take it, and they have no choice about it. No, it, I, I, I love this show for that reason, because we could conversate about it all day long, and I can't talk to anybody else, because nobody really cares about sports that much. But here nor there, all the way back to fucking LeBron, wannabe king, whatever, I can't, I don't care, I said this last week, if you have all the records or not, if the sun's setting, if you win 20,000 more championships, shut up. Shut up. I think that's, yeah, we can bring it up back around to a point all three of us can agree on. Dude, stop running your mouth and just play. Like, stop addressing shit in the media. You know, like, it's, it's the passive-aggressive approach that I don't want to talk to these people one-on-one, so I'll say it in the media and they can hear it that way. That's what, that's what it's, it comes across as to me. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I played devil's advocate last week, and I literally played devil's advocate only just to have a... a, a someone trying to give the other side, right? But I, I totally agree with you, both of you guys. You don't go to the fucking media and air your grievances about your team. You don't go to your fucking the media and talk about you need more help. That's a conversation you have behind closed doors with your general manager, right? And LeBron, for whatever reason, you he, he, he has it in his mind that he is above criticism for doing things like that and guys like Barkley are going and I understand a little of I'm not defending Bron's calling him a hater but in LeBron's mind I guarantee you he's thinking this what the fuck did you ever win old man what the fuck you you don't have the, the, the titles I do you don't have the hardware I fucking do all right and now you're gonna sit here and talk shit I, no one cares what you got to say with your old ass. But you know, I, I mean, mean he's not going to come out and say those exact words because he's he that's what he's is. Yeah, exactly. But but he he knows he is, for better or for worse, a marquee player and a a, a spokesperson for the league. But I mean, you know what? Just, LeBron didn't win shit by himself, and LeBron proved that he couldn't win shit by himself his first time in Cleveland. No, I, I totally agree with you. And Chris and I had, had a discussion in one of the very first episodes where we said we were discussing what sport do you think one player makes that big of a difference. And I think we came to, a, a, we were both in agreement that basketball is the one that one player can make more of a difference than any other sport. Well, basketball I mean, and hockey both, really. A, a, a hot goalie can carry you pretty far in the playoffs, but you still have to have puck bounces and players to score. Look at look at Jaguar with the Ducks back in the two thousands for, for proof of my point on that. Um, but one player on a basketball team because there's only what, eleven guys on a team. I mean that's one player 12. can make a huge. Excuse me, twelve. Sorry, um, can make a huge difference. I mean huge. There's only five starting players. 
You know, if you take an uh, 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 average team and you put Shaq on there, all of a sudden they're a fucking playoff team. You know, Shaq in his prime. If you stick Michael Jordan on a team without Pippen, without all the guys we've talked about, they put around him, he still he still could carry that team into the playoffs. I'm not saying he's going to win championships, but they're going to. I have a very quick question farther. for you guys because I know that both of you followed these teams. We talk about the Patriots. Is it Brady or was it Belichick? I got to know something because it just occurred to me. Was it Jordan or was it Phil? Because, you know, and I say, that, I say that because I want you to think about this. He did the exact same thing in L.A. that he did in Chicago. But the his, exact same thing. Now, it, it, um, Didn't Jordan win a couple of them without Phil? No. I don't think so. No. no. Uh-uh. All his championships were under Phil Jackson. Um, also, Doug Collins was the guy that just couldn't get it done. They had to, they had to bring Phil Jackson in. Yeah. Um, shit. I, I can't remember the show. It's on ESPN. He said, she said. Um, they were talking about this. Who is a, who is a better duo and who will, whose legacy will go down as the better duo? Belichick, Brady, Jackson, Jordan. And they said, you know, they brought up good points. They said, well, Jackson did what he did in L.A., but he hasn't done that in New York, and it's, that's, that's kind of tainted his reputation. Whereas Belichick started out, took a quarterback nobody wanted, and has ran that team for over a decade, made them perennial fucking contenders to the point where there's nobody from the last fucking championship on that team hardly. Yeah, but here's my point, though. And Phil Jackson isn't. Yeah, but Phil Jackson isn't the coach of the New York Knicks. I'm just telling you what they said, dude. I'm just no, telling no, no. you. I, I, I get you. I get you. But my my point is, and when he went to Chicago, and I love Mike. Mike is my gold standard of the NBA because of the uh, again of the way he played and brought everybody's elevated everybody's game around him, and it didn't matter who you chose to put next to him. He still won. That being said, as soon as Phil Jackson went to L.A., they did it, he did the same thing with Kobe Bryant. But you got to remember, Phil Jackson wasn't Phil Jackson when he started his first season with the Bulls. He wasn't the Phil Jackson we know now. When he went to L.A., they were pretty much like, whatever you want, man, whatever you want, whatever you say. You know, basically, you can run the fucking team if you want. And, I mean, and that's something. And that's how come he's now out as a GM in New York and not a head coach because he doesn't want to coach. He doesn't want the grind of coaching. But he's proving that as, a, as just a GM, he doesn't have that Midas touch that he had as a coach. But that's what I'm saying. He had a system. It, when Bill Belichick retires, if he goes to GM, I'm sure the people he GMs isn't going to be the best team on the field. Because Bill Belichick as a coach has a system, a plan that he implements for every game he can't do that as as a gm same thing with phil jackson but it really makes me go hmm and scratch my head was it jordan or was it phil because when jordan went to over to washington when he was a wizard he didn't do the same thing he did in chicago no with way. all the people around him yeah no way okay but when Right, but when Phil went to L.A., he did the exact same thing he did in Chicago. So it makes me really, and I hate to think about it because I love Mike, 
But it really makes me think, was it Jordan or was it Phil? Because without Phil, Jordan couldn't do it. Without Jordan, Phil did it. I got I, I to gotta think there's something there. Yeah, but you also... Yeah, I'll just say this real quick, and then Chris, you say your point. You got to remember, Phil Jackson had two of the, the top five players ever in the history of the NBA in their prime with Jordan and and, and Kobe. Agreed. Well, I was just going to say uh, Jordan couldn't get past the Pistons with without Phil. More than I, more, I've been uh, reading up here while we've been talking, and yeah, it's, as soon as Phil Jackson showed up, they could beat the Pistons. You know, that's when it's right. that, that's when they got over that hump. And, they, and they went killed, a, when they killed the three feet, those motherfuckers went on a tear. And then, you know, he retires. They don't win. They go to the finals, but they don't win. He comes back, wins two more and retires again. And then Phil goes to L.A. and does the exact same thing. The only reason, again, that I'm saying all this is because, like I said, when Mike went to Wizards, didn't happen. When Phil went to L.A., 100% the exact same thing. Brought in who he was wanted, put it in his system, and the next thing you know, L.A. is dynasty. Well, I mean, I, if you go by something that I've been leaning on, kind of this whole podcast, if you count the rings, it's probably Phil. Uh, okay. Can't, I, can't, 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 fill, can't fill, fill up both hands? But, or is he yeah. like a finger short? I, no, I think he's got them all. Because he won three <laughs> out there in L.A., six with Mike. He's a finger short. Yeah, awesome. One one thumb. He doesn't have a thumb. <laughs> he won't have a ring on it. Yeah. He's got to get a thumb ring for one hand. But, I mean, so, the, I I don't know, man. And, and Now, I, I want all, all of that to go back to our very first point that we were talking about. This is the man that LeBron James calls a racist because he used the word posse and started talking shit about. That's who LeBron was talking about, that man. Okay, I just wanted to be clear. Okay, so have we beat have we beat LeBron James to death enough? Yeah, I'm good with that, man. We're done. He's done. Go to bed. Put <clears throat> the jury out on him being done. He's 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 heading towards done, but yeah, I disagree with you saying he's done. I'm I'm with you, Chris. I would say it's the beginning of the end, though. Yeah, like he's 34. Like your your knees are on borrowed time if you're in the NBA. But and, 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 and having watched, of a, he won a title last season. He's not even a hair removed from it. And having watched people who've had historically great careers, it's amazing how quick they fall off when they finally go over that fucking cliff. Oh it yeah, really I mean, is. I think the sport you see the most in is football. Like it'll oh, yeah. be like you'll be a completely different player the next season, and then that's it. Like as soon as you, as soon as it, it seems like as soon as it wears off in football, it's over. That's it. You're never getting it back. I mean, we, we've had this conversation. Uh, I can't remember if you agreed or if you were even here for the conversation, Earl, but I mean, Chris and I basically agreed it's over for Adrian Peterson. I feel sorry for any team that tries, tries to pick him up and, and get him to relive his glory days. Look at Reggie Bush. You know what, though? Here's the thing. With Adrian Peterson, as much as I talk about Barry and not AP, I think he's got one season. I think he wants a final season to just fucking run, man. Because of people thinking that he's done, me included. I, I think get get the best defense in the league for a quarter of the season, blocking for you. What more you want? He, he had I mean, no no offensive line, and that's what killed the Vikings this season. And it got exposed, and then the rest of the league was like, "Got it," and fucked him up, man. He had no offensive line, none, not even a little bit. 
I know. I mean, I think he showed his durability issue again this season too. You know, it's it, it seems that uh, since uh, you know his suspension for for go get a switch, it seems like he can't put together a full season as far as health wise too. Well, I mean, it, we're gonna see. You know, he's he's gonna he's gonna play next year, and there's no guarantee he's gonna be in a Minnesota Vikings uniform next year. I mean it, that. Especially these days, the NFL tends to cut bait with running backs a lot quicker than they used to. And it's very rare to see running backs have 9, 10, 11, you know, years-long career where they're dominant to the end, where they're still a threat to the end. Usually, like we said, when they fall off, they fall off quick, and it takes them a season or two to accept it and go, fuck. Look look at Shady McCoy, man. I mean, look at, you know, you know, to look at Jamal Charles. Look at every year. He's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. And every fucking year he gets injured. Guy lives in Kansas. Am I wrong? Well, it's no, like I brought, no, I just, not, I, not even a little bit. I just brought up Reggie Bush a couple of years ago. He was on, he was on the, 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 the Lions, and people were fucking excited. And then he finished with negative yards rushing this fucking season. But Reggie, yeah, was, Reggie Bush was bad when he came out of college. Everybody he, said that. Wasn't he, wasn't he involved in that Pete Carroll gangster shit? I absolutely was, yeah. They took away his Heisman. But Pete Carroll said, peace. I'm, fl- hey, I'm, 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 I'm a fly to the coast. I'm going to Seattle. Yes. Later, guys. Oh, everyone USC. I made promises to, good luck. I don't, yeah, no, he, he, he was bust when he came out of USC. Serious. Real talk. They went with Deuce McAllister more in uh, with the Saints than they did with uh, Bush. But I mean, and, and that's that's a huge problem uh, for the media as well. They always try to boost up the next up and coming, and then when they're a bust, they're they're like, "Oh, he's a bust. He's done." But this guy, you know, and then they just they're they're almost like Trump. What Rich said, he doesn't even apologize. He just says he never said it. That's that's the way sports media is now. They they don't even say that you know Reggie Bush is the next all star running back coming out. And then when he busts, they're like, oh, he's a bust. He's terrible. He's horrible. What were they thinking? They should have went this way. This guy over here is, you know, they just redirect. I'm like, that's so sick. <laughs> it's yeah. It's like the song says, on to the next one, on to the next one. Just yeah. It's I mean it's. It's the nature of the news cycle. It's 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 the 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 rise and prominence of ESPN and a show like Sports Center. I mean, it's the NFL now being a year-round sport. I mean, you know, we're a few days away from the Super Bowl, and then there's going to be draft talk, and there's the com- uh-huh. there's the combine, and then there's the draft, and then a few months after that, you know, that's really the slowest period right there. And then yeah, then you got training camp. And then preseason, and then boom, we're right Hard back. Hard and boom, we're right back in the season. You're right. You know, yeah, the slowest I mean, period is between the draft sure and the, the draft and the beginning of training camp. And that's if you, <laughs> I don't think it's any coincidence. That's usually when players get in the most trouble too, because they absolutely yeah. have nothing to do. So I wouldn't be surprised if in ten, fifteen years' time, maybe even less than that. The NFL figures a way to fill players' time so they don't have that much downtime during that period. Because no matter, no matter what, they, they want them to do 
well because when the players do well, so does the NFL. And they can't they can't have you know players constantly suspended for shit that happens in the off season, sitting on the sidelines during the season. Not eventually it gets to the point where people are. I mean, I would I, I could. I, I think I think it's safe to say a lot of people are already over Roger Goodell as it is. They're like, look, motherfucker, you were just too quick with the band hammer. You're inconsistent as fuck. The whole Deflate Gate thing. It was explained. It was explained in a way by John Clayton that I think made a lot of sense. He goes, I really, or not John Clayton, excuse me, Skip Bayless. That makes a lot of sense. He goes, I think they came down on Brady. And that was almost like a lifetime achievement award. It's for sins committed by previous year's teams. And they came down on Brady because that's all they could get. It's like when you finally, it's like when we, when Al Capone finally got busted. He didn't get busted for gangster shit. He got busted for tax evasion. Yep. It, it, he, he was clearly an example. It, it, it was kind of like a, it was, it was a gotcha moment, really. Like, well, we got you on something. OJ, another example. OJ didn't, you know, OJ ain't serving federal time for killing two people. OJ serving federal time for trying to steal his jersey back. Yeah, and they threw the book at that motherfucker. Made sure to hit him with everything they could. Dude, they threw like a whole shelf of books. They're like, oh, we got like 10 years worth of books waiting for you, <laughs> Oh, they motherfucker. got the presidential library on that motherfucker. <laughs> I was going to say, they, they went to New York Public, Public Library and they're like, uh, we're going to need a couple U-Hauls. Yeah, we're backing up a <laughs> truck full of books. I do want to say, with all this old talk, there is some good old people out there. Serena Williams won the Australian Open. She beat her sister Venus. Uh, became the twenty. It became the twenty fourth or twenty third championship she's won. And she's. I mean, we're talking about sunsetting. She's old as fuck for a tennis for, player. For, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And she, I looked at her when she took the court. It was 2.30 in the morning, and I looked at her. I'm like, she is still a fucking beast, man. You look at her, and I'm just like, God damn. I'm, I'm 6'3", 360 pounds, and I don't want her hitting a fucking tennis ball anywhere near me. I don't want her hitting a ping pong ball or a wiffle ball, for that matter. A Nerf ball anywhere remember, in my direction. I remember when... The Bernie Mac show was on TV, and she guest starred on it. And she was sitting next to Bernie Mac when he would sit in his chair, and he'd address the camera. America, I'm going to kill one of these kids, you know, that type of thing. And she's sitting next to Bernie Mac. And Bernie Mac was not a small man. But he was a big guy nope. as far as height, you know. And his weight kind of fluctuated because of the, the, the disease that killed him that no one really knew he had. But she dwarfed him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was like... That's that's the to, to to paraphrase the ghetto boys. That's the bitch I'd be seeing in my sleep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't. It's just she is a specimen. It's like she was put together in a laboratory to dominate yeah. that sport. There could be possible cock trauma involved with her. I mean, testicular torsion. And her sister ain't no fucking slouch neither. Is but it's just she just doesn't have that that raw. They're both highly talented. But I mean, we all know who the better is of the two. There's, there's well, no argument. Sister ain't no slouch if, that. Well, sister her, ain't no slouch if she's still playing. Those bitches she are they're forty. They're like my age, aren't they? Mm -hmm. They are. They are. And Venus has a, a, a disease as well. 
that she battles. And but in their prime, in their very prime prime, you know, was it called win too much? Got that got that win too much syndrome. uh, (laughs) They were unbeatable, if you will. And even to this day, as old as she is, I still don't want that woman hitting anything in my direction. Fuck no, man. Fuck no. She is just, she's sexy too, and that just throws my mind. I don't understand. Uh, that's all you, bro. I've, I've always, I'll take those, I'll take I've always looked at those two, and I couldn't tell if they were uh, pretty monsters or ugly bitches. I couldn't, I don't know. Listen, I'm obliging you enough by talking about tennis, all right? We're not, we're not crossing <laughs> this bridge. All right, we're not going that way. Anyways, I, Jungle Fever is kicked in. Uh, anyways, another hey, old. No, 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 no! Don't, don't get it. Don't get it twisted. I mean, my dick is an equal opportunity fuck. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I don't. My dick does not discriminate. But you know, well, it's, it's just Stacy Dash versus Serena Williams. We're going with Stacy Dash. You go. Oh, you god damn right. Okay. Oh. But here's the thing. Also, Roger Federer. I'd, I'd fuck the fascist right out of her right wing ass. Okay. <laughs> Roger Federer. Also won the Australian Open. He is older than shit for a tennis player. Oh, he is. So, I mean, it was a great day in tennis. I don't follow tennis a whole bunch. I am probably the least follower of tennis you've ever seen. Really? You, you sound like you care about it the most out of the three of us. I know, right? Too. <laughs> but when when. Something like that goes down when it's a historic moment. I try not to miss those things in any sport, golf, whatever. Oh, uh, you no, know, see, no, like I, I don't give me shit with, I don't give me fuck with tennis. I think you could probably add up the time, the amount of time I viewed tennis in my life is probably under twenty four hours. Like this, real talk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's I, just I don't mean to shit on your conversation. But yeah, like if someone's gonna do something historical in tennis. I don't give a crap, you know? Like, I turned on Game 7 of the fucking World Series this year. Like, I'm down with that, but, uh, there's just something about tennis, man. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to shit on your conversation. Tennis, tennis, golf, uh, most Olympic sports, it's, that's about how I feel. I mean. Like, golf, I'll watch golf, but I still won't do, like, if someone's about to win a championship, I ain't turning that motherfucker on. Like, golf is something, like, if it's on, it, I'll watch it because I play it. it like that It wasn't just, okay, but it wasn't just Serena and Venus playing for the championship of the Australian Open. It wasn't just that. It was the oldest championship ever played, and it was the two sisters that were playing it. I mean, that's kind of historic. I, I wanted to see that. But that being said, and, and the oldest, you know, finals ever to be played, that all being said, okay, the the meter that gauged the speed of the serve is in kilometers per hour. Now there was a time when Serena served, and it was 162 kilometers per hour. For us, that means somewhere in the 99 to 100 miles per hour range. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I don't want that flying at me. And Venus, her sister. A fucking champ, man, just stood right in front of it and hit it back to her. And I'm like, you guys are out of your fucking mind, man. I mean, that's growing up in, in uh, for part of my childhood in Florida and watching High Lie. I was like, oh, those motherfuckers are crazy. Like, seriously. Like, dude, like I, I, High Lie, isn't that like a stone ball? 
I, uh, solid wood. Yeah, I had to actually play tennis a little bit in, in high school for gym class. It was just one of those things that you did for exercise. And I got hit by a tennis ball, and it pissed me off because it hurt. And it wasn't at 100 fucking miles an hour, I can tell you that. I know, I right? <laughs> imagine that thing coming. This is radio for two for a minute, or, or, or podcasting for two. Uh, <clears throat> we were out playing hockey up at Claude Allison one time, playing roller hockey. And uh, in the next tennis court over, uh, Jen Livernoise and her friend were playing tennis. And Jen was on the, the Redford Union tennis team. And I started kind of talking shit. And she was like, come over here and, 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 and see what's up then. Oops. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. She, she zipped a serve by my head. And I was like, I'm cool. I'm over it. I'm going to go play some hockey. That's a safe. That's- <laughs> <laughs> but even in, even in hockey, when, when they would try to slap shot me with a fucking tennis ball, and I, all I had was fucking leg pads, a glove, and a, a fucking blocker, that shit hurt. <laughs> I can't even begin to fathom what it would feel like to have Serena hit me with a serve. I'd be like, man, I. Probably the same feeling if uh, Zamaya back in the day hit you with the fucking fastball. No, because that's a fucking hardball. I would be out cold. <laughs> All I'm saying is congratulations to them because you're old as fuck and you still can do it. You're beating kids at literally half your fucking age. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, uh, the yeah, Serena sisters. The, 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 the Williams <laughs> sisters. Congratulations. You're old as fuck. And if you want some dick, Earl will give it to you. So. <laughs> fucking heartbeat. You damn right. Just contact them at a uh, send all email to uh, Christopher at ChristopherMedia.net. No, Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. Oh, Sporgy. Yeah, Sporgy. Sorry. Forward it to Earl. Can we stop talking about tennis now? <laughs> well, since we're going to talk about something that hardly anybody watched but Earl, might as well talk about the Pro Bowl. Yeah, there you go. Do we have to? I, I, you, I, I, you're okay, the motherfucker who watched it. I did I watch it. It was funny as shit. I got to say this. Having watched the highlights. And having listened to interviews after it, I can't remember what, what player it was, but he's a defensive player from the uh, Vikings. We talk so much shit about how that's an exhibition game and they don't play hard and they don't want to win. He didn't know. He didn't know. I know who you're talking about. He didn't know. And like he comes out and he's like, hell yeah, I wanted to win this game. And then Kirk Cousins running around. Like, like, Siri, I'm like, what the fuck? When did, when did, like, I, I'm sitting here like the one Pro Bowl I probably should have watched, I didn't. Like, what the fuck is, like, seriously, that's my luck. Because I've watched Pro Bowls before and been like, man, this is just, this is some bullshit. This is just fucking, how much can they run up the score on each other? No, that was a fucking game. It, it was. <laughs> so it's, it's just kind of ironic that we talked all that shit, and then the Pro Bowl comes and goes, and it's like, well, that's the first one I remember that they actually were out there trying to win. Um, what happened was, it was funny. I was, I thought it was almost scripted, but I know it wasn't. But John Gruden was commentating it, and he said, and verbatim said, it's going to take one good pop, and this game is going to be set off. And right after he said that is when the Vikings linebacker knocked the teetotal hell out of a receiver, and that game was on. And I mean on. Receivers started running routes. People started moving faster. You know, linemen actually started blocking. You know, they they when they stopped the running back, they just held him in the beginning of the game. 
They didn't slam him to the ground. They didn't gut check him, shoulder tackle him. They just held him. And I'm like, oh, this is hilarious. At one point, uh, one of the quarterbacks for the NFC or for the AFC went to hand the ball off and actually almost handed it to the NFC player that was in the backfield. It was funny as shit. After that comment and then that hit, that game was on like a motherfucker. It just went off. People started chatting. You could see them coming together and nodding. And But, I, I mean, that was literally uh, midway through the third quarter. The first half, everybody was patting each other on the back, patting each other on the butt, picking each other off the ground to both teams. It didn't matter. After that comment and that hit, game was on, man. It was like, okay, seriously, the countdown has started, and I'm not winning yet. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, it just goes to show no matter no matter the risk of injury of the loss of a paycheck if someone fucking when you get hyper competitive alpha males out there if someone starts throwing fucking hits like it's a fucking regular season or playoff game it just flips the switch in, in certain types of guys and that's the type of guys that are in the NFL I mean that's just all there is to it yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's how you get to the NFL, is having that exactly. attitude. You know, as as annoying as an attitude can be in a person. Okay, Earl. What? You what? need that attitude. <laughs> yeah, the hyper-competitive, yeah. you know, always got to, you know, we're going we're gonna to play steak. The object of steak is see who can eat all their steak the fastest. Like, motherfucker, no. You know what I'm saying? Let me enjoy my Wait, steak. Oh, you're right, because I can play and have a good time and just enjoy. But when a motherfucker tries to seriously get at it, oh, it's on. No, I played played sports with you, I remember. You're right, and you you can't shut it. (laughs) I I was the same way. It was just, it took me usually a little bit more than it took you. (laughs) Like I said, I can be chill and relax and enjoy it, hang out. But you're going to get all, look at my muscles, and here's my balls. I'm going to show you, you ain't that big. <laughs> and, and by the time you want to go, but I was kidding. Now, it's too late now, motherfucker. <laughs> and I got my enforcer over here. You're fucked now. You might as well go home. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, uh, shit. But, yeah, uh, and congratulations, Chris. You can, so even though we're not keeping the tally anymore, you can chalk one into the. The win column for you. The AFC did win it. Oh, but poor Kirk. So sorry for him. He tried so hard. Somebody didn't tell Kirk that it wasn't real. <laughs> it meant nothing because he tried ultra hard. He tried so hard, Chris, that he threw an interception to Akib Tlaib. Akib Tlaib. And okay? ran that motherfucker ran down. Ran down and made him fumble the ball. Wow. Over overhand yeah. chopped him like Hassan Chop. I mean, <laughs> I'm not talking about he ran 10, 15 yards. He ran from the fucking uh, their their uh, twenty yard line all the way back to the uh, opponent's twenty yard line. Ran him down and made him fumble. Impressive. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he looked like uh, who? Who's that gold slippered motherfucker back in the day? Carl Lewis punching himself in the chest when he's running, just all upright and hood running and shit after him. I'm like, 
What the fuck is he doing? Is he does he know that he's not playing for a contract right now? I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> this means absolutely nothing. This is a hundred percent pride. And Kirk Cousins ran acutely down at a full sprint, no less. I was like, oh shit, put his ass out in the slot. <laughs> Makes me wonder if after he did it, he got up and was like, How you like me now? <laughs> you like that? Uh, all of us oh, catchphrases at once. Oh, well, I guess since we're talking about football, do we want to talk about this? I heard there's a football game on Sunday, guys. Guys, I got to say something. I don't know if you guys are feeling it. I think that the, the, there has been, uh, there has to have been, from both teams' heads coaches, just a gag order put on the teams because I haven't heard really any of the shit you usually hear. I understand that we got a few days to go still. But usually by now, someone's popped off with some shit. And in that interview that, that Brady and Matty Ice did together, I mean, they were like, you know, hugging each other and singing each other's praises and shit. And it's like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? I want some, like, Joey Porter, Jeremy Stevens type shit. I want some shit talking. Come on, guys. Get into it here. You know, it just... I, I just got it. I, I I think it has to have come from the from the top down. That it, first person to give bill, bulletin board material, you'll be looking for a place to play next season. Ooh. Ooh. Why are we listening to like someone talk about fucking? Basketball in the background. What the fuck? I was just I was just listening to Charles Barkley. That's all. Oh, I, well, I, you know, since we weren't talking about football, go ahead. What, what did Charles have to say? I, I couldn't help it. He was talking about LeBron, and he was like, "This LeBron James thinks that it's a God-given right to win a, a championship, and that's not the mute button, Chris. Dude, when shit like that happens, just don't even acknowledge it. He'll, yeah, he'll come back. Cause Yo, Mute button. No, yeah, because if we if we just if we just carry on, he won't have to edit it out. So my bad. Yeah, no, that was that's just the network dropping my ass. Apparently. Uh, okay. Uh, no, no, he was just saying basically some of the things that Rich was saying, but also that LeBron James thinks he has a God-given right to win, and he said, "Wait, what? That just happened." Uh, yeah, he just said it on, on ESPN. I'm watching ESPN Sports Center. And he was on and said it. And he said uh when he and he referenced everything we were saying. This is what I'm saying. People think I really think people are listening to our fucking podcast. But what he said was I love, uh, I love the enthusiasm. Nice man. But continue. Okay. What he uh what he said was is when Michael Jordan went to the garden and dropped sixty five points did he scream, hey, I need help? Hey, where are my players at? Where's my teammates at? No. He went into the garden and said, I'm going to kick your ass. And that's exactly verbatim what fucking Charles Barkley just said. And he also said that when you lose, it's okay. You're going to lose. It's going to happen. You know, you don't have a God-given right to win. And he said, I grew up in a different era. That was my era. <laughs> He well, said, I'm not, I'm not going to get mad that somebody said some thing, bad things about me. You know, it means that he went and did some research on me. He said some things that were wrong about me. But, you know, at least he took the time to research me. 
<laughs> I was like, oh, okay, good enough. I mean, a bad loser is a bad loser no matter what era they come from. You know, Chris Webber was a horrible fucking loser when he played for Michigan. So, I mean, and I mean, by all accounts, Chris Webber isn't that good of a human being on top of it. So, but yeah, I mean, some guys just don't take losing real well. <laughs> That's all there is to it. No yeah, matter, but no matter if it's it's ironic because in sports, you lose more than you win. That's well, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, there's a bad loser, and then there's LeBron James. It is everybody else's fault, but LeBron James's fault, according to him. Yeah, I mean, I could, I can agree with that. He he, it was the city he was playing in. And he went down to Miami. He came back to Cleveland. Now it's the people that he's playing with and he doesn't have. It was Phil Jackson. It was the coach that coached the team. Uh, it's it's always something else and not LeBron James. Well, he he, he is a millennial. That's good. You just said traits. You, you just said uh, many traits of a millennial that we've reviewed on this podcast and others. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, and I don't want to get back into LeBron. It was just funny to hear <laughs> what he had to say live. It was hilarious. A God-given window, right to win, huh? That's what LeBron hmm. has. That's that's how Charles sees it. Oh, is that? Did LeBron say that, or did no? Charles, that's no. what Charles said about LeBron. Oh, he says this is that's his impression of Le, LeBron. Ah, that you, yeah. yeah, that you have to a God-given right to win, and that's not true. When Michael Jordan went in and dropped 65, he said that, you know, did he say, where's my team, where's my help? No, he came, and this is verbatim what Charles said. He came and said, I'm going to kick y'all's ass, and then he did. <laughs> and when and he said when Jordan and, and myself lost, it's okay. You're going to lose. It's basically LeBron's an excuse factory. According to Sir Charles. That's what he said. All right. All right. So what we're we talking about the Super Bowl. To talk about the Super Bowl. Conversation rapist had to talk about LeBron one more time. It wasn't me. It was Charles. He was, <laughs> hey, hey, fuck you played him talking over the fucking line. Come on. It was you. Don't act like that shit just happened. When, when Charles Barkley speaks, you got to shut up and listen. I'm just Charles saying. Barkley broke into our recording session and hijacked it. I got to get this out there. I know I have ESPN at my disposal, but the few hundred people who listen to this podcast, I'm going to break <laughs> in to tell them. <laughs> I, I do want to give Chris credit. It well, kind of credit. It was kind of the media that that slipped already. When, uh, well, I don't know if it was immediate. It was Tom's dad that made the headlines, right? Yeah, what, what yeah, did about she the, say? About the flake gate. Oh, he ripped uh, Goodell a new one, talking about how he handled his son and, and the team and and then his refusal to want to be there at his league's championship game. Doesn't want to show up. Uh, Tom came on and, tr and tried to to save the day and people weren't having it. The media wasn't having it at all. Come on, dad, knock it off. You're in trouble. You know, I think you inadvertently stumbled upon actually the most interesting story so far of leading up to the Super Bowl is 
you have Tom Brady Sr. just pissing all over fucking Goodell. You have Robert Kraft saying that his relationship with Goodell has been irreparably damaged due to the whole deflate gate thing. Like it seems like that's where most of the shit talking is that usually happens between teams has is happening now between basically the Patriots and people associated with the Patriots and Robert and, and Robert Roger Goodell. I well, mean, it's going to tell you something right there. I mean, I know, I know that the NFL owners love Goodell, but I mean, come on now, dude. But I mean, at the same time, what are you going to try to do to really get Tom and, and Bill off their game? You can't talk about the flake gate. You've talked that to, to the ends of the earth. You can't talk about spy gate. That's way done. Yeah. I, I mean, you can't really, They've tried political talk with Tom. They've tried dad talk with Tom. They've tried Goodell talk with Bill. No, no, but that's, mean, not the other, that's not the other team trying that shit. That's the media. No, that's the media. Because every, I, I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you everyone on the Falcons knows that there's only one way they're going to beat the Patriots is if they game plan properly. The Tom only Brady way the Falcons... Tom Brady has to sit on that bench. That's how you he, beat Tom that's Brady. That's exactly it. The only way Falcons win this game is if Matt Ryan stops throwing the ball. Because when Matt Ryan throws the ball, he scores a touchdown within two to five minutes. Max. So that's, what, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. They have to game plan, plan correctly. And so they know there's no point in trying to get inside any of the Patriots' heads, let alone Belichick and Brady, because that's a waste of fucking time. The problem is, is throughout the season... And somewhat in the playoffs, I watch people try that, keeping him off the field. And then as soon as they score, Tom's like, hold my beer. You know, so I, I, I ah, it's this game is going to be a good game, I hope. But like I said, and I said it in the chat, I really think I saw the game when I saw the, the uh, championship game. Man, I'm going to tell you what I told people last year. And I've been screaming it all season with a lot of things. I've been wrong. A few times, but I've been right most of the time. Experience is going to win this game. Like, I think, you know, Matty Ice, you, you legitimized yourself this year. You got to the Super Bowl. You got yourself more than one playoff win. That's cool. But I think just Brady and that bunch have been here before. And that's, that's, I, I don't think it's going down, quite honestly, on Sunday. That's, and then Tom and Bill, Tom can carry, Bill can carry off Tom in his arms and they can ride off into the sunset together. Yeah, I, and I definitely think that's how that shit will go down. If they win, it's all done. I I would be dumbfounded as to why they would come back. It's interesting that you should say that because the rumor mill swirling in the NFL is that Patriots are looking to trade Garoppolo. So would they be willing to do that? I mean, because if you're going to trade Garoppolo, who do you have as your starting quarterback that's on that on that roster? That and goes back. This isn't. They're, they're looking for Brady's replacement. That's they, one that of goes, them with Brady Garoppolo. But I think that they, goes back. They to know he's high about. caliber. They get someone good for him for when Brady leaves. That's that's what I think the method of that madness is. Well, not well, just what that. I, is what I'm saying is you're going to have to. If this isn't a great fucking. First of all, they're not going to have great draft position. They're not going to get a high number one pick for Garoppolo. That's just not going to happen. And the the rumor mill is that it's Cleveland that's looking to get him. I mean, they might get a high number two draft pick, but I, if Cleveland gives up their fucking their number one draft pick this season for Garoppolo, they're out of their fucking mind. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry, I that's a, that's a, that's an unproven fucking commodity for 
uh, basically a, a number one pick. But he, it goes back to what Chris was saying, not so much Brady or Garoppolo, but Bill. If Bill and Tom leave af- after winning the Super Bowl, he has in place something to take over. It won't be a shock to the Pats that he's leaving. So there will be a coach already picked. There will be a quarterback already set. And the team's going to go forward the way Bill has it set. Now, whether they keep to his standard or not, you know, that's going to be on them. But I think if they win this Super Bowl, Bill already has how this shit's going to go down as they leave. And he said, and I'll be able to say, not only did I win all of this, I also set him up for the future to win. Well, God damn it, I asked you guys a couple fucking weeks ago, if they're done, do you think that Belichick has put into place a smooth transition to the next fucking head coach? And Earl specifically, you blew me off. Now all of a sudden you're saying that he does. I honestly... In the last fucking five, six weeks, the fucking, uh, your opinions now... I honestly believe, I, me personally, my opinion, I believe that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, if they win the Super Bowl, will walk away and not think twice about what's going to happen with the Patriots. That is my opinion. What I was saying is you, I thought it was Chris, might have been you, either one of you, said that he's going to put you know, his exit strategy in place. My personal opinion stays, has been, will be, that if they leave after the Super Bowl, they don't care what happens to the Patriots. They're done. I, They've done I, it. Mike drop shit. I don't buy that because the winningest coach in the NHL is Scotty Bowman. And when he retired from head coaching after the 2002 Cup win, he still stick, stuck around and helped the Red Wings behind the scenes until his kid was hired as, I believe, president of hockey operations over in Chicago. And then he that's when he went over to the Blackhawks. And he... And, you you can make a good argument. The Blackhawks come up like seven up after fucking Daddy Bowman got over there. Sure did. All right, because they weren't doing shit for the previous fifteen years. All right, so I mean, <laughs> you know, they're arguably their biggest fucking coup was drafting Eric Daze, who turned out to do absolutely dick in the league as far as the hype surrounding him. So. I mean, he's built that team in in Bowman's image. So, I mean, I just don't think Belichick is just going to walk away from the Patriots because I think that Belichick is, for the rest of his life, intertwined with the Patriots. And I think there's a lot of fucking... Love isn't the right word, and I feel like it's thrown around a lot, but I'm just going to use it because I can't think of another one. There's a lot of love between Robert Kraft and... Loyalty? Loyalty... Um, good feelings. There's no animosity between him and him and Robert Kraft. And I think Robert Kraft would, unless Belichick says, oh, look, I don't want anything to do with football for X amount of time. I want to decompress from my fucking career and then come back at a later date. Or says, I don't want anything to do with football, period. I mean, I can't see Belichick doing that. Belichick is a, is a driven, consumed man. He was like that before the Patriots. He's going to be like that after he's done coaching. Guys like that just don't fucking ride off into the sunset, and drop drop everything. I mean, Buddy Ryan didn't do it. Mike Dicka couldn't do it. I mean, Tony Dungy, I mean, he lost his son to suicide, you know, and he still is involved in some way with football. I mean, he had every fucking reason 
to go, look, I need to shelve. I've done pretty much everything I've done. You know, I've, I've, I've now won a Super Bowl. I'm going to retire, and I'm just going to do the family thing. These are guys who love the game as much as they love their family. Maybe not as much, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, it's up there. It's like, you know, kids, wife, football. You know, it's, it, it has to be, or else they wouldn't make the sacrifices they make. Same thing with guys like Gruden. You know, and I don't buy that Gruden was coming in at 3, 2 o'clock, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning after going home at 10 o'clock at night every single day, off-season, during the season, whatever. You know, I, I just don't buy it. I think that's part of his fucking mystique. But I do believe he was probably in there 4.30, 5 o'clock in the fucking morning studying film, especially as offensive-minded of a coach he is, making new, trying to come up with new plays for, a quarter, for his quarterbacks. I mean, these guys are consumed, man. This is their this is their entire fucking life. Is it wrong for me to say John Gruden's overrated, or? Oh, I think he's highly overrated. Okay. I mean, I, he, yes, he yes he he won a championship for my Bucks, but he won it with Tony. He won it with Tony Dungy's team, and he did it against his former team, who was still using his own system. So he talked that defense. This is this is their these are their go to plays to the point where the, that defense during the Super Bowl was calling out what play that Rich Gannon was going to call before Gannon even broke the huddle. So I mean, and then if you look at his record after that, he never won a fucking he never won a playoff game after that for the Bucks. And that defense didn't need that much help. <laughs> but they oh, had it. But they had it. I know, but that defense, man. Oh, sick. Still makes me sick. It's one of the big all-time defense in my book, just saying. I mean, it's just, I don't think Belichick, Brady might walk away because Brady, Brady can pretty much write his own ticket. If Brady wants to do the uh, uh, Dan Marino thing and have little cameos in movies because he has already done Ted 2, he could do it. If he wants to go into some sort of fashion line, he's got the wife who's a fucking pipeline right into that world, you know. If he wants to, to, to try to become an entrepreneur and businessman, he's got the background for it. He has the friends for it. I mean, he has a lot. He has, a, he has a, an open book in front of him about what he wants to do after the game's done. But Belichick, I, I don't know, man. I just, I don't even, if Brady retires, I'm not even convinced Belichick's going to go with him. I, I just, I, I'm not. I, I don't know. Yeah. When it comes to the Pats and them two being done, like I said, I think they should. If they win the Super Bowl, I think they should. I think they should, like you said, hold hands, carry each other, whatever, walk off the field and be done. That being said, it, it, it would just dumbfound me as to why they would come back. And it's only because of the age that they're, they're reaching. You know, Tom's 4, 40. He'll be 40 uh, beginning of next season if he, if he doesn't retire. Right. And, I mean, Belichick's 60-ish. Is Tom, would he be the oldest uh, quarterback to win a Super Bowl if he wins? I don't know. Payton was pretty old. Elway? Oh, I think, no, I think Peyton was the, I think Peyton was 39, too. Maybe, maybe Elway? Maybe. Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I mean, let's be honest. I think he would be, if they win this Super Bowl, it's going to be because Tom Brady plays like Tom Brady. And the Super Bowl that Manning went out on, it's not like he played like Manning in his prime. That was that defense that won him that fucking championship. Peyton Manning was the oldest. Elway was the second oldest. 
Um, I want to see if they have. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to see if it's like years or like days or weeks or some shit like that. Yeah, Manning was 39. Elway was 38. Okay. Yeah. So, so it would be. He'd be up there. He'd be. It'd be damn close. So it's going to come down to whose birthday is when with with Manning and Brady, pretty much. But it's hey, wait, Google can answer that one for us too. You know what though? But Tom would have five at that point. Why? Why come back? Tell me, give me one good reason to come back. You have records out the wazoo. Rich pointed out he has a ticket ride to anywhere in the world that he wants to land, whether he just wants to retire on an island or, you know, appear in whatever. Why? With all the talk about concussions and injuries and lifelong problems that you would suffer from the NFL, for what? Peyton Manning will still be the oldest. He was born in March. And uh, Brady is born in August. So Manning will have, what's that, like five months on him if it's going to be 39 years. And uh, okay, so he's the second oldest to ever win the Lombardi Trophy. That's, again, <laughs> so for what? <laughs> well, just, I, just, I, was, I had a point and I was researching it and I just wanted to put the, fa- the, the results of it out there in case people were listening and wondering. It's, that's all I'm doing, man. So, but yeah, what's he, I'm, but I'm with you there, Iceman. What's he got? What, what do you got left to prove at that point? You put a ring on each finger. You're one of the. You're good. It'll pretty much put you. You like Johnny who? Johnny Unitas who is what it's going to turn into. You're going to go down as the. Uh, you know what the, though? The, the the synonymous answer for uh, best quarterback in the game. Yeah. What do you? Right. Yeah. Go on and let me ask, know, man. Let me ask you this, Chris. If he does come back, does it get to be? Like Farvish? No, because you look at Fred Farve at 39, you look at Tom Brady at 39. Tom Brady is a specimen, and he took he's taking better care of himself, and I think he's playing at a higher level than Favre was at 39. Okay. Fair play. I'm just saying, it. at some point, you got to call it quits. And Oh, for sure, man. I, I just don't know why he would come back, is all I'm saying. I just, I can't picture a reason other than the love of the game and it i love the game and uh not that much <laughs> well too i mean yeah and he's got to think he's got kids and you can take care of yourself as you know as much as you want it's going to be a time where you're going to get hit and you're not going to get back up or you're going to get back up a lot slower than you used to and you're going to start thinking about shit other than still playing football right you know and, and there you know you got the always the case you get up and you're fucking half your face is paralyzed, you know, uh, that's something I saw, I'm, I saw an interview with Peyton Manning, uh, post retirement where they were talking to him and they're like, so how do you feel? And he goes, it's rough getting out of bed some days. Like he has permanent numbness in parts of his hands because of the, the, the neck injury, et cetera, et cetera. Brady, I don't think has that much wear and tear on his body or his body is held up better. If Brady stays, if he if he gets if he gets, because I have some experience with this. When you get fucked up to the point where you lose permanent feeling or something permanent in something a part of your body that is you use every single day, almost all the time, you start questioning what the fuck you know am I doing, putting myself in the in the line of fire for that. You know, you yeah, have to start making fucking changes. For sure. But 
Tom Brady is taking care of his body better than the average man. Like he's oh, on he's... like an exercise regimen, nutrition. I've heard like he's never eaten chocolate. Like he doesn't know what a strawberry tastes like. Like oh, you know, definitely. Like he's, I, he, he's one he's... of those my body is a temple motherfuckers. Yeah, he's definitely he's taken better care of himself than I would say Manning. Uh, 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 most likely Elway, definitely Favre. Shit, Favre's oh, diet. Sure. <laughs> Favre's diet consisted of fucking mini tacos, Vi- chicken wings, and Viking and beer for how many fucking years? Yeah, yeah, no, right. And you know, Manning's throwing down a Papa John's well, the Patri- pizza every now and then. The Patriots also have something to say about that because they've got a hell of an offensive line forever now. You can say what you want about the receivers and defense and everything else. But that offensive line has been solid for years and years and years. That's because no, because no matter who's come and gone in that offensive line, it is a well-known fact that Tom Brady takes care of his offensive line after the season. Yeah, buddy. Okay, so they make their bank plus whatever he fucking helps them with or helps them to, I should say. They help and, to fuck Giselle. <laughs> and so they know. From this with Derek Rose pitcher. And on top of it, they oh boy, that's that's a whole <laughs> lot of that's a whole lot of sweaty, ugly offensive line man meat swinging around Giselle. Anyway, uh, in the Derrick Rose situation, it was her idea. <laughs> I know, but that's taking man whatever. That's that's a, I don't want to go down that road, but I'm just saying that's taking ain't no fun if the homies can't have none to another level. I'll sing the song. That don't mean I try to live my song by song or live my life by song lyrics. Yeah, but. no, I've always had a personal policy of. I am perfectly fine without knowing what my friend's penis or orgasm faces look like. Exactly. Like that, is just a, that is a policy I have had as a, you know, for a good 20 years now. I had to steer me wrong. <laughs> but, I mean, you also, if you're an offensive lineman for the Patriots, you know if you don't fucking play up to expectations, they will replace your ass in a fucking New York minute. Oh, for sure. Like, they, when you talk about college football factories, New England's a football factory. Straight up. I mean, it's it's maintained a level of excellence consistently throughout the years. Definitely. Well, what's funny is when you're not good enough to, for the Patriots, you get traded. And if you're lucky enough to get traded to someplace like Denver or, you know, a competing team, you know, you, you still win the Super Bowl. But at the same time, you have that stigma of, yeah, but you weren't good enough for New England. Well, I mean. Well, dude, that's on you. Yeah, it's. You're still in the NFL. You'd be all right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's to me that sounds like one of those. You won the lotto. You've beat the odds. You're playing pro sports. To me, that sounds like one of those good problems to have. You know, oh, I'm not the best of the best of the best. Okay, so I'm not in the top one percent of the players in the league. I'm only in the top ten percent. I mean, sure, if you're if you're driven by ego, that could fucking eat at you. But I think we are talking about football players, pro football players. I know, but I think most athletes, after they retire and they look back and they realize what what they were, not only what they went through to get there, but the risks they took and the luck that they're in as good a shape as they're in, especially considering you have guys. Like, I think it was, I think, it, I think they just, there was a story, I want to say about Mel Farr, who had a uh, uh, level three uh, uh, CTE. Upon his death. And it's like, you know, we're just finding shit out about that. You know, look at Junior Seau. I mean, there's there's shit that we just don't know. You know, we're not, we, have, we have some strong ideas about what, how it affects these guys. 
I mean, I've watched, I've watched documentaries about former NFL players, and I mean, these guys' hands are gnarled. Their fucking knees look like roadmaps because they've had so many fucking surgeries. You know, and these well, yeah. are guys. But got. I was just gonna say these are guys who were not, you know, all you know, not household names. These were the trench guys. These were the offensive and defensive linemen. You know, these were the guys who did the dirty work every fucking play. You know, usually offensive linemen, defensive linemen, you can you can get your name in the lights if, if you're a sack machine or if you're fucking flashy. But offensive linemen pretty much fly under the radar of your average cat, your average NFL fan. I mean, right now, who is the biggest name offensive lineman in the NFL? Uh, what? what? JJ Watt? That's no, defense. He's on defense. Yeah, he's on defense. Uh, fuck. Uh, uh, Mac's a pretty good, good center. He's the he's the center for Atlanta. I would say you can make an argument for Joe Thomas. Oh, definitely. Even though he is on Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say Sack Machine was going to be my porn name, but I'm trying to think about. Uh, well, I just. And every team, every team has at least what seven, eight offensive linemen at least. Right, and we're but sitting here struggling to name more than a handful. Well, a, a good case in point for what you're talking about: the blind side, Michael Orr, mm-hmm. left tackle, was was in uh, Baltimore during the Ray Lewis and and that defense era, and someone like Joe Falco. And I say it's Falco, not Flacco, because replacements, whatever. But he never got touched. That's two weeks in a row one of us have made that mistake. <laughs> but he never he never got touched because of the blind side, Michael Orr. Now he went to Carolina, and you have fucking Newton sitting there bitching and moaning about I'm getting hit in the head. But you have one of the best def- uh, offensive linemen on your left side. How is that possible? Shit happens, people get old, it hurts. I think we also covered this. There might be a little bit of uh might be a little bit of Cam Newton's a little too big for his britches, so those guys were letting him take some hits, kinda hoping it'd fucking deflate his ego a little bit. Well, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Because Michael Orr is no slouch. And I'm, some of the movie, some of it was true and how he played the game. The movie made him look stupid, like he didn't oh, know yeah. shit. Definitely. And that's not true. By no stretch of the imagination is that true. He's not stupid by any stretch. He came out and said he came out and said as much. Oh, okay, yeah, as well he should have because he's not stupid. He said uh, he said he said no offense to any 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 of the performances. I'm not mad at any of the actors, but those writers are full of shit. Basically, I mean, I, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, he let it be known. I'm not some fucking duh, some rain man out here blocking. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. And, he, and he's he's 100% right. He isn't. I, I did a lot of research on him uh, when that movie was made. And he is by far not stupid. But he is a hell of a lineman. And I watched him in college. I watched him uh, go into the pros with Baltimore. That cat could fucking play ball. Flat out play. Stopped the best rushers in the NFL. Multiple times. You are not getting around him. I don't care if you spin, you do the hammer, you rip. Doesn't matter. You're not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, so so even in his later years, I find it hard to believe 
that you could get past him that easy and hit his quarterback in the head. So, yeah, I think there's a little bit of Cam going, I'm the shit. You're going to protect me. Motherfucker, you better take some humble juice. Here, have one of these hits. Now shut the fuck up. You know, and I have to say that, and this is, I was guilty of this, um, until, ironically, uh, Madden come out with the career mode where you could create a player and play through his entire career. And uh, I would always pick a fullback. And a lot of a fullback's fucking job in the, in, in the NFL is, is blocking. And I was like, God damn, man, there's a lot more to it than just because you have to run the play that they give you. If, you, if, you're out of, if you're out of position, you know, that run's going to get stuffed or that quarterback's going to get sacked. You know, and even just in a video game, I was like, man, this is something that I think gets overlooked a lot because you never hear anything, anybody talk about it. I mean, it's it's always, you know, Ray Lewis or, or Paul Mello jumping the snap count or, you know, the guy beating the fucking offensive lineman. But you hardly ever hear anybody talk about the offensive lineman and the jobs they do. And it's a very necessary job. There's, there's schools of thought when it comes to, to building a team from scratch that you start with your offensive and defensive line and you work yeah. your way out. So now when you when you see people like Von Miller or J.J. Watt that get to the quarterback all the fucking time, there's a lot more respect for somebody of that performance level. It, it, it takes a lot to get around a very skilled tackle. It yes, really it does. does. Yeah, it, it's not so much just this ball snapped and, oh, I'm at the quarterback, haha, faster than you. Because, yeah, you're faster than me. You're built to be faster than me. But I've got all these tools that I'm going to use to take your speed and make it null and void. You know, to quote a movie, we're going to funnel them into the hot gates. On top of that, with all the rule changes to, uh, as far as holding goes, compared to the, the, you know, 30 years ago, that's just made their job that much more hard. Yeah, because if your hand goes anywhere outside the shoulder pad, you're all done. And it's not like you're fucking a small nobody running back. They're going to see a big-ass bear paw on a chest or on the outside of a fucking shoulder pad in a hurry. Definitely. So, um, yeah. real, real quick, I just wanted to change the subject. I was thinking we should probably do this this week. Um, any, any from all of us, uh, any... What are your takeaways from this season? Let's put it that way. You know, what do you think were the 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 bigger stories, and what do you what are you going? Hmm, I want to see where this goes to next season. Or what? you know what, my my biggest takeaway came at the end of the season, and it sucks because there were so many different storylines I wanted to follow. I want to know what Oakland's going to do with the team they have now. Why you know they're moving to the Las Vegas? That's so stupid with the way they become a. a, a a team in Oakland and the following. I, there were so many different stories that I wanted to follow. What happened was everybody got fired. Everybody. <laughs> it did, we had six head coach vacancies. There's only 32 teams. We had six head coach vacancies. We have coordinators, offensive and defensive, leaving, fired, traded, whatever, going every which way. So, now the thing is, as you, as you want to go with the Patriots and say, well, they're a powerhouse, or what is, what is you know, uh, Denver going to do with, with so-and-so? Well, so-and-so's gone. You know, Trevor Simeon's probably not starting for them next season. 
so anything you want to to follow where is this going to go has changed so my biggest takeaway is what is these teams going to do with all the new changes that have come their way you know there's teams like the lions unfortunately that aren't making any changes but they're the major players that are going to get the headlines are making huge changes you know the, the moratorium of don't pick the jets chris is gone uh fitzpatrick is no longer their quarterback their coach is gone. Uh, it, that play, that whole team is getting revamped. How are they going to look? Because they have some, you know, talent. Jaguars. I kept telling you they need a coach, and as soon as they got one, lo and behold, they started winning at the end of the season. How is that going to play out? There are so many things that happen at the end of this season for me that makes next season go, what the fuck. Serious what the fuck is on that? Because how are you going to channel all of what happened? It's going to be a clusterfuck, and it's going to be a rebuilding season for everybody. I want to see who takes advantage of that. So that's my spiel. That's where I'm thinking. I'm kind of, I'm kind of with the Iceman here. My takeaway is next season is going to be real fucking interesting. you got you you got a lot of movement as far as coaches go. You're definitely going to have some movement as far as QBs go. I mean, it, it's it, Detroit Lions, your move. All right. Oh, yeah. oh, get, get another number nine. Get Romo. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Earl, I mean, you should love this, but I mean, it's, you know, I was joking before this. I was going to, you know, I was calling 2016, 2017 the year of the rebuild, and you fucked around and made the playoffs. You know, you fucked around and almost didn't make the playoffs, but I mean, you know, I need to see you beat some real teams. And I need to see you do something in the off season. Uh, Dallas, need to see if you're for real. We need to see if this year was a fluke. Are, are those guys going to run into that wall together? Or are they going to be like, no, nah, fuck that? They're going to be, they're going to be mad. They got beat by the Packers and come back next year. We'll see. Uh, I mean, just looking at our division, who knows what's going to? Who Chicago? Who the fuck knows what's going on there? I mean, yeah. Chiefs. I, I think the Chiefs need not Alex Smith as their quarterback to get over that hump. They got Andy Reid. He's a defensive-minded coach. He's turned that defense into fucking, you know, a premier defense in the NFL, but there's, there's two sides of the ball, man. Alright? I, I don't... I am not a believer in Alex Smith. I never have been and never will be. Uh, yeah, and, and then two, and if Brady and Belichick retire, holy shit! Will it be even more interesting next year? So my takeaway is next year is going to be real fucking crazy. Yeah, if, if Brady and Belichick do retire, that's going to basically, that's going to, I'm not going to say the AFC is going to turn into the Wild West, but that's going to open it up for, open up a, a window a lot wider for a lot more teams. Because you just can't, you can't follow that act. It's just not possible. I mean, even if they get the best fucking up-and-coming coach, they, they, they get another fucking diamond in the rough in the draft, it's still going to take a, a couple years or two, you know, a, a year, maybe two, to, to, for, for that team to get used to the, to the new regime that's coming in. And, I mean, there's so much that can go wrong, and there's so little that, can, that has to go right. I mean, excuse me, there's so much that can go wrong, and there's so much that has to go right. And sadly, when you bring in new head coaches, new quarterbacks into a team that is 
been dominant like that, and they 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 didn't pull a 49ers or Packers and have their replacement for fucking Brady sitting on the bench for a couple years behind them. Yeah, like I said, that's going to open up the AFC a lot more. As far as the Lions, I heard a very interesting quote from uh, Caldwell, and he said that the Lions need to 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 build. Now it's interesting because when they hired him, his exact quote that was pimped to to Lions fans around here in Detroit was. The time to win is now. And now he's almost talking about a half-ass rebuild. So are Detroit fans willing to sit through another fucking rebuild? Or or let's call it a retooling? Maybe? Not, it. Not, not a full rebuild, but a retooling with the promise of it might not be next season, but maybe the season afterwards, you know, maybe 2018, maybe 2019, we can start to be contenders and actually make it out of the first round. I mean, you've, you have a long-suffering fan base you're asking a lot from. I mean, yeah, it. But here's the thing, and and everybody said it. We've said it. Everybody I talked to says it. A lot's changed, but a lot stayed the same in Detroit. Ford still owns them. If she's going to make a move, now is the time, because this is the shakeup year coming up for the NFL, for the entire NFL. Roethlisberger's going out. Breeze is old as fuck. Romo's on the trading block. Tom might be leaving. I mean, all the big names in the NFL are being shook. So if you're going to make a move, now is the time to make a move. There's a changing of the guard in the NFL coming up here pretty soon, within the next five years. I mean, you got Big Ben talking about retiring. You know, Big Ben doesn't know if he'll be back, you know. And we're coming up on, we're coming up. Stafford, 10 years in the league, is going to be here quicker than we think. Yeah, next season will be his his, uh, ninth year. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's only because he entered the draft so young that he is under 30 still. Right. And there, there's so many, but there's not just quarterbacks. There's so many different big names that are on the, on the block to go. If you're going to make a move and you're going to be serious about bringing real talent to a Detroit Lions team, any time is right now. And that all being said, this has happened in, in this league before. It's happened in every league. Uh, you know, it happened with the Pistons. It happened with Bulls. happened with the NFL back when the Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco era ended. Uh, the Green Bay era, the Broncos, the Bills. The, every era dies out. And this is the year that all of this is culminating the, at this point in this league. Everybody is is ready to go anywhere and do anything. And there are so many vacancies across the league. Like, one thing we haven't mentioned that I will say, congratulations, Rich. Fucking John Lynch is a GM in San Francisco. What? I. That's a head-scratcher for me, man. To me, that is a roll of the dice along the lines of hiring Millen as a GM. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far with it because John Lynch knows football. No, but what I'm saying is, it's a roll of the dice because it's he's he's an unknown commodity. You don't know what he's going to do as GM. He has no track record. As far as I know, he didn't work himself up through any football organization to the point where he should have even been considered to be hired GM. I, I mean, if, if the Bucks hired him as a GM, I'd be nervous right now. That's just all there is to it. I, I got gotcha. you. My team, I'd be nervous. But, but the Fort Niners have nothing to lose at this point. Man. But hang on, though. Because Denver did it with Elway, and look what they did. But you see what I'm saying? I would have a little bit more confidence. I would be worried 
if he was if he had L.A. never left that that Denver organization. John Lynch was as strong as a player as a safety as Elway ever was as a quarterback. No, I'm not. Dude, I, those are my boys. That's back in the day. That's pewter power, bro. I'm right there okay. with you. And, okay. what, I'm, what I'm saying is Elway never left that Denver organization. He, They wanted him to be part of that organization, and they were grooming him for that. Kind of like the, the, you know, you had the Red Wings do with Iserman, except they lost Iserman to, to Tampa Bay Lightning. If if the if and the Bucks had, what happened there, and if the Bucks had held on to, to to and kept Lynch in the organization somehow and groomed him and then installed him, I would have a little bit more confidence in his ability than I would with what has just happened because dude went from basically announcing to a GM job. That's Matt Millen part two. I mean, that is exactly what happened with Millen. And I'm going with John Elway part two because. John Lynch was a part of the Tampa Bay Bucks and Denver Broncos, okay? And he is a strong, strong football guy. Mm -hmm. And those two organizations at the time that John Lynch was part of them were strong. The entire organization. So he came up through football organizations that knows what the fuck to do at every level, at every level. Owner, GM, coach, every level. And I think he has a grasp of how to run a team. So, well, I mean, I mean, and I and I have that. I say that because of the fact that you know Elway did it with with Denver. I, I have full confidence that John Lynch can do the same thing with San Francisco. It scares the shit out of me because we play him. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell you, 49ers fans. If there's any 49ers fans listening. If Lynch starts taking wide receivers with every first round pick, it's going to be a long tenure. That's all I'm saying. I I, I be totally a long agree. Tenure, because <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, we 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 even if you're not a Lions fan, if you lived in this area, you suffered through the Millen years. That's all there is to it. It's the only way to explain it. It was ridiculous. Even people who were huge fans of Millen as a player, as a broadcaster before he came in as a GM. Eventually, now it took them a little bit longer to come around, but they eventually turned on the man. And you, and just like people who used to smoke, who are now non-smokers, are usually the worst non-smokers. The former Millen fucking cheerleaders became the biggest Millen haters because they felt like he had let them down. Uh, right, but but I, what I'm saying is is I think John Lynch will be different than Millen. Because oh, yeah. he, he, well, but only because he came up in different organizations than Mellon. He came up, like I said, in two different organizations that knew what was going on and how to make a team, a whole team, okay? And he did it twice with two different teams. So I think he has a grasp on how to do that. So I don't think he'll be a, a Matt Mellon who just selects the best players, the wide receiver, I think he knows how to put a team together. You don't need the best person in this position if you have them in this position. And vice versa, you know. I, I think John is going to do a hell of a job running San Francisco. Whether the coach that, that they get, you know, can make can make the team work the way John has, has it in his mind, you know, that's going to take some time. That being said, it took time for Elway, but he got the job done. Well, speaking about Lynch's former team, my my team, the Bucks. As a Bucks fan, 
this is the first time in a while going into the off season that I'm hopeful. I, I have hope because, you know, Captain Crab Legs is actually turned into the type of quarterback that I could only hoped he was going to be. See, I thought I was going to get Cam Newton version, you know, 2.0. And from all signs point to that, it's not Vic 1.0. <laughs> you know, all signs point to that it's just not happening down there in Tampa. And as I've said before, I'm a, I'm I'm hard on my teams. You know, okay, you had a good season, shouldn't make the playoffs. Bare minimum, you got to make the playoffs next year. You know, you, you want to impress me, win the win a playoff game next year. And then when you when you if you lose in the playoffs next year, I don't want to hear about we exceeded expectations. I want to hear our expectations are to win the Super Bowl every year from here on out because I, the Bucks had a losing culture for a lot of years. Tony Dungy worked way hard to change that. Gruden came in, benefited from all of Dungy's hard work, in my opinion, as far as the, the culture being what it was when he walked in the door. And over the rest of his tenure as head coach, he pissed away a lot of goodwill and did not leave a lot of a, a, a good taste in a lot of people's mouths in that organization. And it's been a clusterfuck ever since he's left. So as a Bucks fan, hey, right now, future looks bright. But I'm not going out and buying shades just yet. So, well, and there, as and being a homer of lions, the future looks bright. They they obviously got a, a will to win. Yeah, they got a quarterback that's willing to help them. You know, they got a couple more pieces to get, and I think they're a real contender. Like I said, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Time is not a luxury they have. Exactly. Time, that's- their time is now. I, I, like I was saying. If you're going to really, really make a run, if you're going to get serious about bringing football to Detroit and making it, you know, to watch now, this year, this offseason, and I'm not talking about the draft, the the talent is right at your fingertips. Spend a little bit of money, you know, don't worry about holding on so tight because it's going to pay off. You only need a couple of players. Your team's ready and set. You need a couple of players, and you got it. You're there. And I'm with you, man. You, Ice you, man. I'm with you, man. You say that. You say the timing is now. Here's where my concern lies. That was the battle cry three years ago when, when uh, uh, Caldwell got hired in. And yeah. for him to come out and say now that this is the time that they need to build. No, no, no. No, it's, it's been past, way past due for the Lions to build. Way past. You could have built when you had Barry Sanders. You didn't. Way past due for the Lions to build. What I'm telling you is that, and this is any team, but I'm hoping to God that the Fords and and that organization gets on the ball and starts making their move because there is more talent available now than there has ever been in their in their past. There is more talent right now that's ready to get than than they'll probably ever from here out get. Because of the way this league is shook up this year. And that being said, they've already got a ton of talent on the Lions. They are they are very few pieces away. It's not like they have to go and start all over and find a franchise quarterback and the best running back and the best receiver. They have players. They have talent. They're missing a few key pieces on defense. And they can get this done. And and everything is at their fingertips right now. There are so many people ready to make a move. 
right. I mean, and that's any that's for any team. But I pray to God the Lions get on the horse. All I can do, all I can do, dude, is say if they were my team, and he come in three three seasons ago talking about the time is now to win. We have everything we need. Three years, two playoff appearances, and no playoff wins later. He's talking about. It's time to build in this offseason. I'm worried. You choose not to be worried because you're blinded by that fucking Honolulu blue and silver. I'm not going to argue with you. We're not going to have a, a repeat of last week where we argue for fucking an hour and a half about some bullshit that just boils down to someone's opinion. I'm just saying, I'd be worried. You're not worried? Good for you. We'll talk th- We'll talk this time next year and we'll see what the, who the fuck should have been worried more or should have been worried less. I'm, I'm terrified, Rich. I, I've said that. You know, John Lynch has already been put in San Francisco scares the shit out of me because he's in our division. Scares the shit out of me. Are in our conference. I was going to say. Yeah, in our conference. We're going to play them is what I'm saying. You know, and I I am scared. I I don't think the Fords are going to pull the trigger. I hope to God they do. Because there are so many teams that are, have set themselves up to where they have to pull the trigger. Six head coaching spots, numerous coordinator, offensive and defensive coordinators, GM spots are available, coaching everywhere, players everywhere. People are retiring. People are coming out with injury. You know, there's so much potential for this season coming up for every single team in the league to shine. And, the, and they have rebuilt. Detroit Lions have rebuilt. That's what I'm saying. They have everything, well, almost everything in place. Get a few key pieces on defense, you're there. You might not win the Super Bowl, but damn it, you're going to finally win a playoff game. I mean, Earl, I'm with you that this offseason, you're not going to have as many, the, the amount of talent that's going to be available coming up is, we haven't seen that for a while. We're not going to see it again for a while. And then, but I mean, yeah, but, but I'm with, I got guys. I see both your points. I mean, w- with the window closing, I don't want to be hearing you talk rebuilding. What are you talking about? The, the windows done this the wind, three seasons left, maybe on this group for winning. And you're talking about rebuilding. Like, yeah. I, 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 my gut just comes back to SOL, man. Unfortunately, well, to, to, and I, to, to, to put in perspective, as as a person who lives in the Detroit sports sphere, I, I, this is how I look at the Detroit sports teams at the moment. The Red Wings are, are heading towards a, a, a massive overhaul, whether they want to admit it or not. That's a bottom line. So are the Tigers. And to be honest with you, I'm right there with you, Chris. Windows closing on the fucking Lions real fast. Real fast. I mean, you say three seasons. I think that's being very generous. And the arguably the only team I do out too. Of, out of the only team out of all the major sports teams in Detroit that I think are on the uptick is the Pistons. Three seasons is my glass half full uh, approach to that. Well, and I, what I hate to say, and, and I got to recognize this, is even let's say the Lions do just the unthinkable and win the Super Bowl next season. With the way that the league has been this season, if Tom Brady, you know, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, and all of them people retire, uh, I mean, there's an asterisk for me. I'm either way, I'm happy about it. I'm going to celebrate the fuck out of it. 
but it's you're coming you're not also coming into a time when all the talent's available you're also coming into a time when most of the talent has gone because all the big name quarterbacks running backs defensive men all of them are gone you can't you can put your finger on maybe two or three now that you're like that's that's a stand up that's the fucking pro player on that team you could do that one you know th- maybe less than a handful i can tell you that whereas you know five years ago e- e- i could sit here all night and tell you people so it's it's not just lion's time now because of all the talent that's available and all the coaching people that are available it's also the time now unfortunately because the talent pool is low in the nfl so you're not going to have to face tom brady at his best with his Belichick. You're not going to have to face Ben Roethlisberger and, and that hard Pittsburgh team. You're just not. No, it's, it's just like Chris said. It's a, We're coming up on a massive changing of the guard in the NFL. And the, the I mean, even guys like Aaron Rodgers are not part of the upcoming and, and, and you know, young guys coming up. That's that's guys like, you know, uh, Carr. That's guys like uh, 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 Luck. I mean, if he, can, if he can pull it together, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, famous Jameis, you know, Cam Newton, as much as we've shit on him at, for, if he'd from shut time up. to time, yeah, as much as we've shit on him from time to time, I think he can write that ship if he really fucking puts his mind to it and puts his nose to the grindstone. I mean, those are the, those are the, the, who the NFL is banking on is the next generation of players to, to be the, the marquee players in the faces of their fucking league. And you know it's 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 it kind of bums me out. I mean, I think the season's kind of bittersweet. I don't want to look. You know, I don't want to see Roethlisberger no longer in the league because whether I'm not a, I'm not even a Pittsburgh fan, but he's been fun to watch. Same thing with Drew Brees, and he's he's in my goddamn Bucks division. And, and as much as I hate him when he plays the Bucks, I've had I've had to sit there and go, God damn, that motherfucker's good so many times when I didn't want to. You know, I, I definitely. The Patriots being good and giving everybody in the NFL and NFL fans a bad guy to root against is good for the NFL. I think we we brought this up, maybe not on air, but off air last week. There's going to be more p- people probably tuning in who want to see the Patriots lose than they do want to see Atlanta win. Right. You know, and it's good. That's how you have to have that. You have to have these storylines in sports, because sports is ultimately entertainment. And if everybody was just blase, blah, boring, and vanilla, and 40-degree days all the time, it wouldn't be fun. It would be just a bunch of, just, why am I watching this? This is garbage. Right, but the, this season, when I finally, you know, was able to come onto the podcast for the first time and everything, and I became the Iceman because I can call it, and I can make these picks. It was because of the person uh, personnel. You became the Iceman because you say you call it. Let's get but that. I, let's but but get but that I did. But I did call it. I just want to stick that out there too. That being said, in halfway in the season. That being said, I could do it you because four Lions losses on your record. But I would have had <laughs> so many other wins on my record from the same week. Anyways, the the calling the games you know, how they were going to fall was kind of easy for me because the personnel, all of that is going to be shook up next season. All of it. I'm going to come out ice cold. And it's it's scary how this is going to shape up. Who's going where? 
are they going to pull the trigger? I don't know. I, I, I root so much. I'm like, I've been sitting here watching the transitions, uh, transactions page on the Detroit Lions waiting and waiting and waiting. Pull the fucking trigger. Pull it. Oh, Christ. It's going to be so nice. I mean, it, just I hate to say it, but it's going to be so nice not having you fucking go off on these long-ass rants about a team that 95% of NFL fans don't give a fuck about, and you just fucking swing from their sack. <laughs> Just so hard, dude. You dick uh, ride the Lions so fucking hard. And I got it. Don't, no, no, please don't go into your don't please don't go into your monologue about why you do, because we know it by heart. We're all tired of it. Okay, so you don't have to repeat that shit for the millionth fucking time. But it's gonna be so nice for you gotta talk about sports without your fucking just constant gagging on their cock. Yeah, but the line no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey just just saying, smart ass. Pitchers and catchers report in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> all right. With that being said, I mean we're, I mean we're all picking New England, right? I, that's what I've gleaned from the conversation. Anyone picking the Dirty Birds? I don't know. I I really don't. I I've been round and round and round about this. Motherfucker, Chef. don't don't tell me we got to bring in a stunt cock for the money shot after you've been fucking pounding the <laughs> shit out of shit. <laughs> Out of NFL pussy all fucking season. Here's my problem. Here's You're my gonna, problem. Oh, you'll be a fag of epic proportions if you don't call it. <laughs> <laughs> He's right, though. If I offended anybody, never mind. <laughs> uh, no, my problem you is... You pick Atlanta, you're not allowed to talk about the Patriots ever again if you pick Atlanta. My problem is their hunger. I told you that when they went against Green Bay, that defense has a chip on its shoulder. You've talked about chips all season long. That defense has a chip on its shoulder for being shunned. It can do what it does. You know, it's shown it throughout the playoffs. It in the hunger of Atlanta Falcons that have never tasted it. Yeah, I don't let's know. Be honest, Aaron Rodgers ain't Tom Brady. You know, he wears number twelve. I'm just saying. Yeah, but let's 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 just roll out stats. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is no Tom Brady. I knew Jack Kennedy. I worked with Jack Kennedy. You sir, I know Jack Kennedy. Bro, let's Fucking be honest. Lips. Okay, let's be honest. Joe Montana ain't Tom Brady. Okay, uh, the the one thing that we didn't get to, and I, I just want to bring this up, is that ESPN did a poll of all the fucking, excuse me, well-respected NFL fucking brain trust to list the top 15 quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, not just the, 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 the Super Bowl era. And Brady was unanimously number one. Okay, I mean, we're looking at something the likes that we may never see again in our, in our lifetimes as far as his performance. Oh, yeah, we will. Oh, yeah, we will. I'm just saying. Well, he ain't in the league yet. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it's your favorite. It's your favorite expression. On top of it, if you got a crystal ball, homeboy, your winning percentage should be a lot higher than starting with a fucking six. Okay, just saying. I know, but we we've seen it in every league. Uh, you know, we saw it with Jordan and Phil. We saw it with Kobe and Phil. You know, we we've seen it, and and with Tom and and Bill. We'll see it again. Stop stalling, motherfucker. Pick your goddamn fucking Super Bowl pick. Pats, Bills, and Brady's leaving. Killer bees. All right. Well, I mean, I, 
I'm not calling who's leaving, but I definitely think it's going to be the Pats. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think experience experience beats hunger. Yeah, but they got so talent. Far. So, I mean, it's – I want it so – you know what? I'm not talking on both sides. I want it to be a hell of a game. I want it to be a shootout. I want Ryan to come up and be who he's been all season long, preseason, postseason, in the season. I want that team to shine. And I want it to come down to a fucking field goal. You know, I, I, I just, I want it. And I don't think I'm going to get it. All right. Well, we will see. No, but when we meet again next week, we will know. We will have it. We will have our 2017. Uh, is it L1? What was it? 51? Yeah. <laughs> Super Bowl Lee? Looks like the... It's, it's like a name that I used to have to deal with when I worked in New York. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, thanks to everybody who's listened, downloaded, shared. Hey, sorry about the website. Uh, as of recording this, it's been domain issues, isn't it? Yeah, I thought. I'll, I'll be honest. I thought it was on auto renewal. It wasn't. My bad. <laughs> so, but thanks for sharing, downloading on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio. Uh, we got the streaming station on TuneIn for Christopher Media, uh, or you can ChristopherMedia.net. You can share it easily on all your social networks from there on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Pinterest, for those of you who go down that rabbit hole. Uh, every month, better and better. So Every month is better than the month before it, so you're listening and you're telling people. So thank you, and we'll catch you next week. All right, later, guys. Peace out, y'all. If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening christopher media let's make some noise thank you for visiting christophermedia.net